he, he well, put us on the spot. Welcome to the I table. Heard. Today we're discussing unpopular opinions and our thoughts on those, uh, the unpopular opinions that we have and our thoughts on why they, why, why we like them. My unpopular opinion is that was a shitty segue. And hey, I like fuck it you. because that was a shitty segue. <laughs> so, my commentators for this episode are Mike. Hola. And John. Yo. And my name is Aaron. So let's go ahead and start this. All right, I'll agree. Okay, so we've got uh, we've got unpopular opinions on this one. Who's got the first one? Do we want to start with movies, or I mean, because I figured we kind of go, you know, what's a movie that that you like that that isn't very popular, cult, well, fat, like- cult classic, or something. I already, know, uh, I already know what I planned on talking about, and I'm concerned it's going to take up a lot of the podcast, so I wanted to give you guys an opportunity to... Well, let's, let's throw ideas out there, because, I mean, John already has his. I have at least two. One movie and a possible game. Okay, well, we're, we know I'm, I'm going the movie route, so if you want to vary it up a little bit, we can do... Because I know your game opinion. We talked about it earlier, so... A little bit. A, a wee bit. A, just a smidge. A, a smidgen. In other words, Aaron, folks, Aaron's completely out of the loop on this. He's got to come up with something on the spot. <laughs> well, no, uh, I mean, I already had some things. This is going to be Movie putting Aaron games. on the spot to podcast. Like. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, whoever wants to go first, I'm just... All right. I will throw it out there, because it is not what John thinks it's going to be. Oh, you got a different one, though? Yeah, yeah, because, I mean, I've, I, I'm i going to pull the contrarian move and be completely contradictory to you this time around. Well, go right ahead. Ready, aim, fire. I cannot fucking stand PvP-based MR, MMOs. I cannot. They drive me absolutely insane. And for some reason, everybody loves these things. I mean, you look at what, what was it? Uh, Division. I have an entire section of the game devoted to just, hey, let's go in here, um, get shit stomped, because these guys have been in here so long and have their shit stacked, that uh, you're just going to get hunted down and killed. Unless you can find a way to trick them, and then if you decide not to avenge your own bag, they'll just cut the line and steal your shit anyway. So... I think there is a solution to that problem. Um, Don't do it? (laughs) Well... I mean, that was mine. That was your solution, yeah. That's why we. That's why we didn't play much of the division after a while. We played through the story, and then that was it. That was it, yeah. And the, the thing that sucked is that the dark zone was the one thing I was really interested in. I mean, I'm not a Tom Clancy fan. Like, I don't read those novels. I don't really know Tom Clancy's work, but I was intrigued by the concept of the game. I thought it was interesting, and the idea of the dark zone was, it was an intriguing concept. The problem with it is in the way that it's designed. Because of it's the way execution. the game, because of the way the game is set up, you can only enter the dark zone, the PvP area of the map, from certain spots. That being the case, it's really easy for a populated enough PvP server to just have people on each of the doors. And all they've got to do is wait for you to come in and just repeatedly kill you. It's there's nothing to it but to do it at that point. And it makes the game unfun. I see where Mike's coming from. I disagree. I would have been more interested in going into there and, you know, playing around. But The Division's not a game you play by yourself. 
And if it was PvP that I wanted to do, Mike wasn't going. Well, that's and because now the, the team based is definitely the more important part of it because it's team based PvP. And if you're not going in as a team, you're really not going to have a good time. Yeah, it's, it's not the game you can solo, bro. It's really not. Well, it's not even, it's not just that. There were times, John, when th- like me, you, and Aaron would go in there. It's not just three people against us, there's six dudes at this doorway. Yeah, and they're it's just camping s- the doorway. Yeah, it's two separate teams waiting for you to walk in just so they could gun you down. Yeah. Yeah, it's... I mean, the the idea behind it was cool. I thought it was interesting. I liked that it was the way to find, like, some of the most powerful gear in the game. I liked that you had to airlift it out. Here's my solution to the problem of the Dark Zone that as existed in the Division. Instead of just having to airlift gear out, I think you should have had to drop in. And it could have spawned you somewhere randomly in the dark zone. That way, people can't camp where you're going to be entering at. It makes it a little more possible for you to find some gear, get set up. You know, I mean, maybe we get rid of maybe we get rid of the having to airlift stuff out at specific locations. You know, because the, yeah, airlift, the whole I'm idea put this about, out there. Go ahead. I'm gonna, go ahead. I'm just going to ask this. I don't know the answer to this. This is why I'm going to ask this. It's called the Dark Zone because it's constantly dark. Why is it constantly fucking dark? Well, it's called the uh, Dark Zone because it's the one area of the city that was uh, completely unsafe. Like you had to have a, a filter to even go in there. Uh, well, I get so that. I, I understood that. It's the Dark Zone because they haven't brought water and power and shit to it. But, I mean, that being the case, the whole of New York is the dark zone. Yeah, but almost every time I went in there, it was literally dark. I think that's just, you know, the um, atmosphere of it. Yeah, potentially. Because the lore part of it was that it was the lawless area, right? The, because yeah. you have this this security system that these agents are all a part of. And then the dark zone is completely unmonitored because yeah. it's still out of out of it, it's still completely down. It's everywhere else, they, law, yeah. yeah, everywhere else they they recognize if he went lawless and started killing people. In the dark zone, there's no repercussions yeah. outside of outside of the dark zone because in there it's not being monitored at all. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> Basically, it's an excuse to have a PvP area in in an RPG. Which I thought was neat, and I did like the idea of having contaminated gear that was stronger gear, that was better gear. But I mean, the whole the whole point, the, like the staying power of the game, is in its PvP, because it's an RPG. So there's only so many times you can play the same missions before it gets boring. That's what happened with us, right? I, I can't I can't deny that. So the staying I mean, power look. of the game being in its PvP, if the PvP is not fun then, of course, the game is not going to carry on. It obviously well, it, did well enough to get a sequel, but fuck. I mean, at, at the same turn, I did want to find a way to mitigate my losses enough to make it reasonably fun for me to go in. And then they turned around and removed that mitigation. It kind of defeats the whole purpose if you, you know... No, no. risk, no reward. That, you know... No, because I mean, it mitigated it. You didn't lose Dark Zone points 
but you still you lost everything but one key. You lost all the gear you were holding. All it, all you didn't guarantee lose was the money you earned into the dark zone. That was it. I mean, and you figure the 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 airlifting stuff out was interesting because you knew anytime that someone called in a chopper to lift out gear, there was going to be a firefight there. That exactly. Was, that's the whole point of that design. They wanted to cause firefights and conflict because they wanted people to try and snatch that gear. The only problem is, is that you would have to then attach your gear bag to that helicopter, and that takes time, and you're exposed the whole time that's happening. So, I mean, like, it, it was going to be a shit show. There wasn't any two ways about it. Yeah, but that was also the reason, like, me, you, and Aaron would sit there and, like, I would run down the block, fire one up in the area just to call the thing in, and then we'd run to another zone. Like, two over. Yeah, because you knew everybody was going to go to the chopper to try and, like, yeah. To loot game. So, yeah. if you went two over from there, you were good. Mm-hmm. I think the only time me and you went in there on our own and got a successful pull was because we fired it up, ran off, waited until they left because they thought we ran, and then came back to it and lifted it out. But that was still before they were able to cut the line. Yeah, I was going to say, that was before they could cut the line. Now that now that they can cut the line, Mike's not fucking with it at all. He's like, nope, I'm good. There's, there's literally no point. Because if you can't kill the guy fast enough for him not to be able to cut the line, that's the first thing they do. You just mm. run up and cut the line. Oh, I die, I'm down? Oh, big deal. Oh, the line's cut. <laughs> no, no one gets anything. If I can't have it, no one can. Yeah. Well, I think the idea behind that point was that before before the cutting the line thing, there was a possibility that you couldn't melt the guy before he got to it and you know open the bag. Um, with the cutting the line option, by that point in the game, everybody was so decked out that you should be able to melt whoever comes up to the line before they can you know do whatever they're doing. The only reason that they would be able to get away with it is if you weren't paying attention. I think that's what they were going for. Yeah, but I mean, it's still a single arena, which has people of varying levels of play, right? Yeah. So that that's not an assumption that that can be made. You get the brand no. new person who's like, oh, I'm going to try Dark Zone, and they get absolutely stomped. Mm-hmm. And even if they can do stuff, they can't melt anybody. Yeah. They're they're getting they're getting wiped out by anybody. You get I, I, think the, I think the random drop stuff for the people would be all right, but you're, you still have the problem of just a group of people that are running through as en masse, and there's nothing you can do to stop the group. Yeah, you mean like roving gangs of fucking psychos that are just going around murdering everybody. Yeah. That, and, and the Dark Zone is still populated with, you know, NPC enemies and shit like that, too, that you have to deal with. Yeah. Yeah, I think Division's problem is that it split the difference between the two. It has... PVE and it has PVP and it has well PVPVE because the dark zone isn't just uh, other players. Um, I think if you had an instance where you took a look at just straight PVP MMOs, you might find those a little better because they're yeah. they're better designed for that because that's all they do. Yeah, they're better balanced and that that's the whole idea. I kind of like the idea of PVP and MMOs where it's optional. Where someone has to challenge you to a duel, and then you have to accept before they can even attack you. Uh, like, I kind of wow. like that as a concept. Yeah, WoW does that. Mm. Um, 
You want to know one that's really rough that I've had a hard time with with trying to play? Because I recently got, well, not too recently, let's say about a year, two years ago, I started playing Dark Souls. And um, if you've never played Dark Souls and you really want to know what it feels like to hate yourself, play Dark Souls. It, it is it is the most screen-throwingest fucking screaming at the TV, chucking your controller out the window, greatest, most fun, satisfying, enjoyable time you'll ever have. But there's PvP in it that is a real kick in the nuts. <laughs> so uh, is the... the joy that you get out of that game because i've played them before and i'm not that big of a fan of them they're all right but is the joy that you get from the game the 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 relief or the satisfaction when you actually do complete whatever section was giving you trouble yeah it's it's the feeling of taking out a really challenging boss and the realization that as the game goes on the shit that was giving you the hardest time before has become easy you do it without even thinking about it and I think that that's, that's a blast. I mean, plus any game that revolves around good builds, you know, is going to be fun. There's a whole PvP aspect to the game. Meta. Now, it's, it's, it's messed up as all get out. But there is there are one or two areas where people kind of set up to call people to fight. You know, there are like arena setups. I've, I've seen a lot of this online. So you can have that. Or you can just have people show up in your game while you're trying to do something and kill you horribly because you were not even focused on them because you're trying to run from whatever giant fucking demon monstrosity is trying to skull rape your soul. Uh, I did see a video on YouTube of this group that were all running like this bike armor. Mm. I guess it's armor that you wear and when you roll it damages people. And so what they do is they it'd be all four of them, and they'd all just start rolling at the guy. <laughs> he would just die. <laughs> they Sonic the Hedgehogged him to death. That's right. That is awesome. <laughs> I mean, like, so yeah, you that, know... Go ahead, man. Yeah, that... <clears throat> unfortunately, that is my, my big plug there. I, I can't... I know that I'm probably going to be okay with PvP games. I mean, let's face it, I, pfft, Halo's my like my second child. It depends on the game. Yeah, I mean, it, it really does. Because, I mean, if I have to focus on PvE elements while PvP is going on, I, I can kind of do that. But then when you give everybody some broken-ass abilities and the fact yeah. that, you know... You had a good time yeah. with Gambit. Oh, yeah. Gambit was, yeah. Honestly, I've been thinking about it. I keep seeing, you know, Aaron on. I'm like, god damn it. New season came out. You had a blast with the PvP in Destiny until you got frustrated with the RNG. That's that's what irritated you was the RNG. Tell me I'm wrong. Go ahead. Lie to me and tell me I'm wrong about that shit. When have I ever said that wasn't the problem? Like, <laughs> and oh, I'm, um, not, I'm not arguing with you about that. I'm just saying that you, um, you, know, you got into PvP for the wrong reasons. If you were frustrated with the RNG and gear from PvP, then you missed the point of PvP. The point of PvP is poning bitches. The fact that you could get gear out of it, I mean, that's icing on the cake of being a badass. And you are a badass. You could fucking you could wreck house. That's what pissed oh, that's- you off. Was you fucking carried games and didn't get shit? No, it wasn't even that, John. I, I didn't have a problem with, with stomping people out. Honestly, give me like a half an hour, 45 minutes. I could probably get right back to where I was. It, it, 
I have no problem with first to third person games. I would have a really hard general, time. It's been a minute. Uh, hey, yeah, I've you've probably played before I have. Trust me. Stasis um, powers have really fucked up PvP. Let me just say. Yeah. So it, it's 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 a it's an absolute shit show on PvP right now because the stasis powers all involve freezing. So you've got hunters and titans and warlocks that are freezing people in PvP, and that's almost like an instant death sentence. Yeah, anything. Yeah, because then you're just standing still. Yeah. Anytime they Plus introduce a new power PvP set in those rough. kind of games, anytime they they introduce a new power set to those kind of games, there's always a rebalancing that has to occur. Yeah. To accommodate well, for PvP. The big thing with it is because it's a first-person shooter, and then there's instances in that first-person shooter where you completely lose control of your character, and that's not really something that you you should do in first-person shooters. Mm. Um, I mean, like, because even like the CODs and stuff like that, they all the worst they do is they blind you, and that's bad enough. I mean, here you're talking about absolute no movement, can't do anything. So it's it's like playing against a blue deck in Magic. Just set your cards <laughs> down and walk away, because you're, you're just, done. Yeah, yeah. Because this guy's just gonna keep taking extra turns and counterspelling all your shit until he can combo out, and then he's gonna look at you like you're some kind of a loser because you came to an F and M with red deck wins and couldn't get a card out. <laughs> I'm not speaking no. <laughs> Or you could just be, you know the genuine asshole that like, Oh, that's the way an opponent want to play it. And then not play a card and just continue to discard. Cause there is nothing in the rules that says you have to play a card. That's it does yep. say, let's say you have to discard though. If your hand reaches a certain size. So I just kept discarding. I didn't put anything on the battlefield at all. Literally after the first game, when I realized he was just gonna lock me out, that's what I did. The next game, I just sat there and did that. So when he started, Hey, Hey, uh, I comboed him out twice in a row. I'm like, yeah, I literally yeah, it, wasted. I was like, "How many creatures did I summon in that second game?" And he just looked at me. I'm like, "Are you going to tell them?" What? I mean, uh, I'm like, "Yeah, I didn't summon anything. I literally discarded the entire game." Didn't it take him a lot longer than it probably rightly should have to combo out to? Didn't it take him like 20 turns? Yeah, like honestly, not... the thing is, I didn't have anything out on the field, and he wasn't attacking at all. He had creatures. He could have attacked. He just yeah. wasn't doing it because he wanted to say he comboed. Because I know if Aaron built a blue, a blue combo deck, Aaron would combo out turn five and call it a game. Because Aaron's fucking gross like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my well, my black red vampire MTG is the most Arena. efficient deck I've ever built. I love that deck. It's so much fun. I mean, I play MTG Arena, right? Which is the online one. And you get, you get coins, which you can use to buy packs by playing games. So the name of the game is finish as many games as you can. <laughs> so I want to finish the game as quick as possible. There it is. So I mean, but that's I mean, that's that, dirty. And I know it's dirty. You play a blue right yeah. blue white approach deck with a lot of card draw just so you can hit that approach as quickly as possible. Oh okay. man, their Oko used to be this like nasty, nasty card. The that's Planeswalker. Why got banned. That's, that's why, why it got, got banned. banned. But no I sooner did Oko get banned than I got one, too. That irritated the <laughs> fuck out of me. I was like, Wizards just banned this card last week, and I pulled it out of this pack. Like, fuck you, Wizards! The nice <laughs> thing about the gene of that is that if you have instances of cards, you can do those cards. The little rarity on them. You can go get a new rare or whatever. 
I'm just kidding, wizards. I love you guys. Magic is awesome. <laughs> so I've covered my video game topic. Um, on YouTube. Games, particular game, um, the arena games. Like I don't know. Like you, you mean like mobile and... the battle royale that game. Fortnite, mm. Apex Legends. I mean, obviously they're popular, they're doing really well. But I just someone got in Minecraft in my PUBG. Yeah. <laughs> I like I like to have a set loud out. I don't like to have to surround. I like to have like round based matches. The battle royale ones feel like they take way too long. And then you know, it, there's only one person who can win in those things. Or one team, yeah. Yeah. right? So I may play for like forty-five minutes, an hour, hour and a half, and then it's like, well, I'm second. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> yeah, whoop de doo. I get nothing. Yeah. Whereas, like, I'll play the round style games, like in COD or Destiny or something like that. It's ten minutes in and out. You still get to do a lot of the gunplay. You get to pick the guns. You know what you're going in with. You get to mess around with it. Show how how you're doing. And there's a better chance for you to actually have, you know, after, uh, yeah, at the same amount of time it took to finish one battle royale, I've finished five, ten matches, and maybe I've hit one, number one on some of them. This is true. I mean, I, mean, I did, I'm not going to lie, I tried Apex, and I literally wanted to chop my fingers off for even attempting that one. That one irritated the shit out of me. Yeah. I haven't I haven't played any of them. I haven't played a single one. Um, no, no, you will not catch me on PUBG. I will not play Fortnite. I will fucking stab you in the eye if you even try to download Fortnite on my Xbox. I swear to God. I will go I've to tried, jail for that game. I've tried all three of them. I've tried PUBG. I've tried Fortnite. I've tried Apex Legends. I've tried some of the other ones. I like the gunplay in Apex Legends. The, the visual graphic style, very nice. That, that I will admit, it does look good. Cod's uh, Cod's Battle Arena was nice. It, it plays well. It feels good. The the looks are sexy, but the mechanics. No, I just, just do yeah, not like just, the style. So what what you're saying is basically you like your games to be faster. Like the battle royale style games, they're they're big and they're interesting, but they they take too long. Is what you're getting at. Yeah, and I mean, this, the, the, the other part to that really is the mechanic of having to find your weapons and stuff like that. So not knowing, I like to be more prepared than that. That I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to say I don't like that. I think that's an interesting sort of twist on, on the shooter genre where you're dropped into a map, Battle Royale style, and you have to find your own weapons and try to survive. I think it'd be more interesting if the maps were maybe a bit smaller, less players. You know, smaller group sizes, because isn't there like a hundred people to a, to a match? Some Something like some that, games, yeah. yeah. I mean, um, if I were gonna play any of those battle royale games, and I haven't, but if I were gonna play one, it'd probably be PUBG. I, I'm um, I'm not gonna play Fortnite. I don't care for the visual style of it. Someone got Minecraft in my PUBG. No, I'm good. I don't need to build shit and make forts to survive. No, no, I'm good. I mean, I would say that you should look at Apex Legends. That PUBG's graphical style is really cartoony. Yeah. And Compared besides, to... Apex Legends was from the same people who made Titanfall. In fact, you can see elements of Titanfall in 
Apex Legends. Respawn Entertainment, baby. Oh my god, him him saying that him saying that just triggered a memory I had. Um, nothing to do with the game. It was actually a video I watched earlier today. Let me sit up because I want to make sure this is spoken correctly. Oh, he's sitting up, everybody. We've got Mike's attention. So, I watched a video earlier, and it turns out there is a reason that your boy Godzilla has a hard on for hunting down uh, Kong. Turns out, um, Godzilla originally had his shit stomped by a older Kong, a much older Kong, when Godzilla was still young. And instead of being able to kill him, Godzilla managed to get away. Did we so really? So he actually held. No, it's, it's it's part of the lore. He's held resentment for those Kongs, so he's just naturally pissed. And he he actually, if you look at the comic, they actually show it. He sleeps in the cave that he lost to that Kong. That Kong died of old age. He literally stares at the skull of that older Kong. It's hilarious. He legit hates him that fucking much. I was like, Jesus. I mean, they did kind of mention in the Godzilla vs. Kong that Kong was getting bigger and bigger as he was getting older. Yep. And um, so... I, yeah. I will also admit that Godzilla will most likely outlive Kong. No, because they have a longer lifespan. They even admitted it. The yeah. Kongs have a shorter... They're, they're the most mortal out of all the kaiju. But at the same time, they also can reproduce far more rapidly than any of the other kaiju can. Yeah, I would imagine so. Well, yeah, they would seem to indicate that they had a civilization, which meant lots of Kongs. <laughs> yep. Which is the reason the Godzilla's actually had to come together to actually wipe out the Kongs. Well, not only did they have a civilization, but like that entire civilization was predicated on the destruction of other like kaiju like Godzilla. I mean, like that that axe mm-hmm. thing right in the film. That was like part of a of an ancient Godzilla and it was like in, embedded in the floor of that throne chamber. Great scene, by the way. Uh. Mm-hmm. It turns out the Kongs were actually working with ancient human civilizations to build that, by the way. That explains the doors and shit that I thought were a little too human to be. Yep. They uh they helped make them. They figured out all the mechanics for him, but the Kongs were the one doing all the building because of how large they had to be. Mm-hmm. For those of us playing the home game, we're discussing uh, details from the Godzilla vs. Kong podcast we did a while back. If you haven't listened something, to it, check it out. It was just something that was triggered up, and I saw a video about it, so there there was just some extra I wanted to put in there. I'm not hating on Zilla. I'm not hating on Kong. I'm just putting more facts into the, into the pool. Mm. I mean, yes, Dude. Godzilla is going to live longer. But at the same time, we're probably going to see more Kongs show up. That's that's what it's basically saying. Dropping the truth bombs. But, but um, we see more Kongs, though. I mean, it didn't really seem like there were any other Kongs. But we didn't see that much of the underworld either. Yeah, True. there was. We got like one section of Hollow Earth. There's a whole lot of Hollow Earth yet. You know. True. Although, why would they abandon their civilization? You're asking for information that I seriously just could not give you. <laughs> well, I'm asking is, for theories. Why would you think that they would abandon it? 
it is possible that a Godzilla became old enough to be powerful and set foot in there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, could yeah, he locked the, they literally locked the doors. There's no Kong bodies in there, which meant they locked that off so no Godzillas could get in there. Well, I mean, and, and our boy just drilled a hole straight to it from the fucking center of Shanghai, I think it was. So, Yeah, which I am, I'm going to watch that and time that because I want to see how long that took. I still call bullshit on the overpowered breath weapon. Sorry. Yeah, it's, yeah no, whatever. Kong's a bitch. Godzilla rules. Moving on. <laughs> um, if you want to get technical, Godzilla got bitched first. Hey, that Kong is still and dead. The... That Kong is still dead. I don't care. Yeah. What are you going to do? Wait for, wait for King Kong to die this time? I mean, I, when you can live for several million years, why not? Like, whatever. <laughs> I mean, he's going to wait out his hell existence. Like, there's going to be no other Godzillas. <laughs> like, you're the last one. I mean, for, all, for all we know, there aren't any more. Like, we only really know that, the one. That's what I mean. Like, you're literally going to be the only one. Mm. Gonna, it's going to be terrible. I don't know. I still want to see Gamera myself, but that's just me. I got a hard oh, camera. Um, Godzilla also did, and he, I guess, absorbed Mothra or whatever it was. What the hell happened there? Uh, he apparently gained some of Mothra's powers. Godzilla with moth wings. Go! Fan artist. Uh, I said, Carry on. I said, I said powers, not physical attributes. But, ah, um, son of a bitch. Sorry, yeah. I just spilled my pop. I can't tell on camera. On camera, he's going... He looks like a fucking Charlie's Angel on my screen. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta clean this up. Give me like two seconds. Right. Y'all, y'all chat amongst yourselves. Sweet. Okay. So, um, I know we'd mentioned it before in like the pre-chat, but um, Legacy of Kane. You'd mentioned that you like the really like the Soul Reaver series. Yeah, I played both one and two, and once I realized they were they were uh, sequels to a previous game, I actually had to go back. And find the previous Legacy of Cain, which all of them, if you pay attention, actually have Legacy of Cain in the title. Yeah. Yeah, there was this whole series of Legacy of Cain's, and then Soul Reaver was kind of like a spinoff following a different pieces. section. Yeah. No, actually, if you, it, it didn't actually follow a different section. It followed a different character. It still followed yeah. the same storyline. Well, yeah, yeah, same world. And, but yeah, for me, Legacy of Cain, the first one, was... It was just so different than the second one, and then completely different than the Soul Reaper series. And so I oh, just yeah. really liked the first one. But for whatever reason, it didn't seem like it was a very popular one. But yeah, it was a good story. I like the, the, the mechanics for Legacy of Kane. Oh, yeah. No, um, I liked what they did, and I don't know if you, if you actually played the game that came after the Soul Reaver ones. That was the second Legacy of Kane, right? Uh, yeah, it was back it was to like, Legacy. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was Legacy of Kane 1, then it was Soul Reaver 1 and 2, then Legacy of Kane 2. And then I think that was when they ended it. They might have had another one. Omen actually came before Legacy of Kane. Ah. So it was Omen, Legacy of Kane. I think it was Legacy of Kane itself, I guess. It's self-titled. And it went into... 
I think it was the Soul Reaver games, and then one came up after it. I can't remember if it was Blood. I think it was Blood Omen that came up. Yeah, it was Blood Omen that came up after the Soul Reaver ones, which tied everything up. And it turns out all these steps that Kane had taken, you know, making Raziel into a you know vampire and all this, he ends up sending him back in time by mistake. Which actually, he goes and in, goes into the past to do some shit. Raziel uses Mobius to send him back. To then turn around, and it turns out he is the one that killed himself in the past. I don't know if you'd actually gotten that far into the second second game or not. I might have. It's been a long time. Yeah, I uh, did the one thing I really remembered was like the whole Soul Reaver one was all predicated on assuming the choice that was made in Legacy of Kane. Because Legacy of Kane had two choices that you could do at the end of it. You could give it because you were resurrected as a vampire to um, get revenge or something like that. And then at the very end, you can give it all up and die or you can continue to live and be bad, be evil or turn evil. And so Soul Reaver was all predicated on the fact that you kept going and went bad, went evil. Let's see what else that I have. I mean, I don't know Destiny. I don't know if it's necessarily unpopular or not. It's it certainly seems popular in the circles that I'm that I that I move through, but I don't know if that really is the case, you know? I mean, we all live in our own silos. We all have particular interests and we focus on those interests and in, in circles that that are, are also interested in those things so i don't know if it's popular or not no, no silo shit i live in an apartment thank you well i was just mentioning destiny mm. and then to another degree for honor a lot of people say that it's, wait 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 a lot of people say that it's popular or unpopular and I personally think that Destiny's popular and that For Honor's popular too. But it's kind of a silo thing. I mean, the, the circles that I go through find it popular. And that's and so I think, well, that's that's popular. But I mean, obviously I'm limited. I'm limited in the, the, the circles that I go through that, that find no, it popular. Like, yeah. You don't have, you don't know broad opinions about whether or not something's popular. I think that the um I mean, as far as For Honor goes, to, to go off on this tangent for just a second, I don't want to go too deep into it. For Honor sucks. Well, fuck you, Aaron, first off. Because <laughs> uh, I just got to give you shit, because you always think that it's unpopular. Well, no, the thing of it is that, that when it comes to For Honor, right, my opinion about For Honor being popular or unpopular is entirely generated by the comments section on any For Honor posts on Xbox Live. Because I have For Honor on the dashboard of my home screen. It's the, it's the only game I have on the dash of my home. So anytime that they bring up a, a new thing or whatever, they're releasing new content or something like that, I always check it out to see what's what. And underneath it are the comments. And n- never fails. Never fails. The first, like, anywhere from five to ten comments are, this game is dead. Why are you developing anything for this? This is a dead game. Dead game. Dead game, nerf centurion, buff shinobi, 
dead game, dead game. So, I mean, like, when I say that, you know, when I give grief to the people that, you know, and you're like, well, For Honor's, you know, it's actually not a dead game. I know it's not a dead game. I play it. Of course it's not a dead game. For me, anyway. But I can't speak for, uh, you know, the other people that don't play it. I mean, it's... In terms of the game, like, For Honor's a very niche game. You're either going to love it or you're going to hate it. I just happen to be one of those people that really likes it. I mean, so my audio is going to sound like trash right now. That's You're on your phone, aren't you? Phone. Yeah. Yeah. All, can... everything, my whole connection, all my internet shit just dropped out of nowhere. Dropped like I have a no stone, connection right? on anything. So. Yep. Uh, you know how long that's going to carry on for? Don't have a f- another goddamn clue. Uh, a mother Funny thing is, I think we lost him. Potentially. Yeah, it looks like he froze. So, I guess while we're waiting here, I did have a movie that I don't think is very popular, but I think is really good, and I've always liked it. Oh, yeah. Ink. I mean, have you even heard of it? What? Say it again? Ink. I-N-K. Ink, as in, like, the substance in pens? Yes. No, I've never heard of it. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's kind of like a thing right there, right? I mean, if not a lot of people have heard of it, then that's another reason to say that it might be unpopular. Um, but, oh. no, it's a really good movie. It's about this dude who um, gets in a car crash... And he was contemplating suicide, and then there's this whole subplot of like his daughter is taken by these by these nightmare dudes, <clears throat> and there's like dream warriors that protect or good people, angel kind of people that protect people who are sleeping, and then there's these bad guys who corrupt people through dreams and stuff like that, and they're kind of like back and forth fighting, and then it's kind of like this guy's journey to 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 rescue his daughter. It's like if Ghost were an action movie. <laughs> well, I mean, there wasn't a lot of action. But no, I mean, it's... I would... In fact, I might, like, post it on Gmail or, or Google Drive or something so you could look it's at it. Because it's an interesting premise. It's, it's really good. Yeah. Um, no, I think we all have... We all have those movies that maybe not a lot of people have heard of, or at least not a lot of people in your circles, so to speak, have heard of. Because I'm willing to bet there's probably a fan group for that movie out there somewhere that you just haven't looked up, haven't found, or whatever. Sure. Well, that's the beauty of the internet. Uh, I mean, you know, you may be yeah. interested in some something that you think is so niche that nobody would ever be interested in it, but you go online, you're going to find the three or four other people that are dedicated to it. No matter what. For sure. That's always going to be a thing. I mean, we've all got we've all got those movies that, you know, people by and large don't like that. We just think are great. Uh, Give you an example. um, The Dungeons and Dragons movie. It is it is schlocky garbage. (laughs) I'm going to start with the, the first live action one that we watched in high school years ago. 
Uh, it's it's schlocky. The effects do not hold up. Uh, you know, it has a Wayne's in it. Like, <laughs> need I say more? I forget which Wayne's, <laughs> but there's a Wayne's in it. Um, it's it's such an early two thousands movie, and it's it's so cheesy. Like, it is it is the cheesiest of cheese. But you know, we kind of love it all the same. I I personally I enjoyed it. Um, do I think it's the greatest thing ever? Not necessarily, but. It's a thing. It was there, you know. Yeah, the D and D movies were pretty good, and I can I can see where you were talking. I mean, that's definitely not a popular movie, but that kind oh, of no, brings you sure. into the. Oh, that's exactly what I was going to say. But that seems to bring in the same kind of cult classic kind of thing. There's a lot of movies that have a cult following kind of thing like what yeah. pulp fiction was one of those things yeah but see the thing about pulp fiction is pulp fiction is good <laughs> pulp fiction's a genuinely good movie. <laughs> reservoir dogs is a genuinely good movie the el mariachi trilogy are genuinely good films i don't think anyone can argue that the dungeons and dragons film is good on any level no one can argue that it's a good film it's the effects don't hold up. It's poorly written. It's poorly acted. Like it, it's cheese on the, <laughs> of the highest order. And if anybody but, says it's a good film, they're lying. I didn't say it was good. I just think it's fun to watch because it's 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 a train wreck. That's like man, I can see what they were trying to do with this, but they just they failed so hard. <laughs> but I mean, is that I mean, because if it's if it's fun to watch, isn't that part of what is required to be good? I mean, yeah, but it's not all that's required for it to be good. Because, I mean, uh, another example, uh, have you ever heard of the movie called Killer Clowns from Outer Space? I love Killer Clowns from Outer Space! <laughs> <laughs> now, I mean, would you argue, I mean, that it's a cult movie, it is yeah, fun it's... to watch, it is not good. No, <laughs> no but it's, it's ridiculous. And you can tell, like, the reason I the reason I bring that up and the the differentiating factor between Dungeons and Dragons and Killer Clowns from Outer Space is Killer Clowns from Outer Space knows it's a B movie and it's totally fine with that. Like it's Killer Clowns from Outer Space. You know, it'd be like if someone took Attack of the Killer Tomatoes seriously. You just don't do that. You know, but in the case of Dungeons and Dragons, like they were trying to make an actual film like they were trying to make a, a serious movie well maybe not serious but summer blockbuster let's say because if i remember right it was a summer film a summer movie yeah they i think the first one did go to theaters yeah they were trying to make something that they hoped would do well it was it was a brand brand deal for wizards that had just bought the rights to dungeons and dragons it used to be owned by tsr and gary gygax but TSR got bought out by Wizards of the Coast and 3.5, like third edition, I think was like the big thing for D and D they were trying to, they were trying to bring back D and D and this film was an idea for a resurgence of D and D products. And they didn't need the film obviously, because D and D is back in a big way. We're on fifth edition now, which I actually don't hate. Like I, I still like 3.5 more and you're warming up to it at least. Well, I mean, I listened to so much critical role. Like it's, I can see what they were doing. It's very accessible. It's, you know, it's meant for 
anybody to be able to pick it up and play it. It's not too complicated. Yeah, it's more loose, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you can't still have a good story out of it. And you yeah. can make it tighter um, with homebrew rules and stuff like that. You don't have to. You don't have to keep it at the the custom at the the base level, standard level. There are also like D and D horror stories. Those are always fun. Listening to some of the some of the edge lord players that are like, I sit in the corner of the bar and just watch everyone menacingly trying to figure out the best way to kill everyone. Oh. It's like. Have have a character trait that's not murder hobo, please. Thank you. Have you ever heard of um, a dude named uh, Joe Cat? I think. No, that sounds. He Apple does YouTube videos, and he does Apple, like a. Apple. Yeah, he does like a simple guide to barbarians or to. A oh, okay. guide to and then and then he does them in kind of like an uh, you know an angry voice kind of thing, but no, they're they're really funny. And he did one recently on uh, a simple guide to dungeon mastering. Which and is it, the, one it, thing, the one thing I've never done in D&D. It just seems like too much fucking work. I'm not willing oh. to put that on work in. He had a whole simulated experience at the end of it that was just hilarious. <laughs> there was like, he had like 10 different people and some of them had this assassination plot and they were just standing up there and the guy, he's like, your target's sitting there what are you going to do? And then they just kind of like go back and forth. He's like, all right, I'm going to give you like two minutes. If you don't come up with anything, he's going to go. And then it just devolves into a bunch of things. And eventually he's like, fine, you know what? You guys fell down. Your target escapes. The giant um, big bad sends a meteor down and kills everybody. Everybody's dead. We're done. <laughs> literally rocks fall. Everyone dies. <laughs> I kind of love it. Yeah, I'd highly recommend taking a look at those. Yeah, no, that that's I um there's one guy I watched that's uh I'm trying to rem- I want to make sure I get his name right cuz if I'm going to plug his channel I want to do it properly. But it's uh Tulak the Barbarian. He does uh building character series. It's how to play certain like fictional characters in D&D. Like he did one on how to play Captain America in D&D. Or how to play, you know, like how to play Edward Elric in D and D, or you know, how to play different characters from other stuff as D and D archetypes. How to stat them out and everything like that, uh, right? And, and he does it from uh, from levels one to twenty, and then once he's gone through all twenty levels, he'll sit there and talk about how viable the build is and how easy, how how usable it is, how well it works. He got my attention with some of them. I, I watched like the how to how to play Ezio in D and was like, yeah, Assassin's Creed, fucking kick ass. <laughs> and he held my attention with how to play Sonic in D and D, because that was one of those. I I gotta know how you do this even. Like, how would you even? <laughs> and let me just say, it's absolutely bananas. If I was <laughs> if I was to build that character out for D and D, no one. <laughs> want to play with me ever because i'd never be in melee range of anyone <laughs> because you like any encounter because the amount of speed that this character build has any encounter you can be wherever safest no matter no matter where your enemies are on the map no matter what crazy shit you have to do to get to them you have so much speed so much movement that you can reach them and then go back to wherever the safest spot on the encounter is. You don't ever have to worry about being in danger. <laughs> I mean, that'd be very similar to like Flash or, you know, any yeah, speed-based yeah. character for sure. Mm. I, think I know. Um, I've I've seen a lot of those. 
I'd seen a lot of those stat blocking stuff for the Dresden File RPG. Like the books themselves stat out the characters from the books as like examples, and they were really it was really nice. They had really really cool things that they did with them. That's always fun. Gonna love that stuff. I'll have to send you those so you look at them. So maybe we could run a Dresden Files RPG. Yeah, because that'll happen. <laughs> we can't That'd even schedule. Cool. We can't even schedule a D and D five E game to play once a week. Let alone let's let's run a completely different system that nobody knows. <laughs> that sounds great. Um, well, we have to pick that back up. I mean, we got the characters. We still have Roll Twenty running its thing. Mm-hmm. Maybe sometime. I mean, I had the the basic campaign stuff. I even have the the maps and stuff set up. We just need to plop the characters in and go. Yeah, well, we need we need players too because it's, it's me, you, and Mike, and I think Katie. I think Katie. yeah, and that's so you're talking. We're talking three characters, three, a three player campaign, yeah. And that's that's rough there, right? Because I mean, even when we were doing the simulated fights, we were finding issues with you know I had to put in a person just to have extra defense because everyone yeah. was focused more on attack. And that first simulated fight just got, like, absolutely stomped. And that CR for that fight was within range. It was a little high, but it was still well within range of, like, expected values. Mm. So, are we waiting for Mike to come back, or? I don't know. I think we're just moving on, or? I mean, I know you'd had a movie that you wanted to talk about. I, I have a, I have a very specific topic I wanted to bring up just because I talked about it earlier. It's, it's in the Discord. You've probably read it by now. Um, I, I don't want to do this without Mike though. That's why I was like, are we, are we waiting on him or? Um, well, let's take a look. If he tells us to just go ahead, then I guess you and I can have a conversation about this. But you know, I, I. The more conversation we have, the, the happier I'll be about it. Like this is this is internet just dropped like a stone completely. We ran into technical difficulties a while back, folks, and Mike disappeared from the chat for a while. So we're we're seeing if he's coming back or what's going on there. Although he's editing this, so he'll probably just cut this part out. Yeah. Um, I wonder if I had any anything else. I did the movie. Like, there's the thing of it is, is that I'm I'm a member of a few like really sort of picky fandoms. You know, like we can go on about like Sonic games for hours because Sonic fans are some of the like uh, outside of a, a small group of people who know who they are, 
who are close personal friends of mine, you know, over the years on the interwebs. Sonic fans are kind of horrid. You know, they all they're all really super picky. There's no satisfying them. Even when a good Sonic game comes out, they find something to bitch about. Um well, just, heard... that just seems to indicate a very dedicated fan base. Well, uh, the more dedicated the fan base, the more they're critical of what's going on. Well, the thing of it is, if you love something, you're you're critical of it, sure. But they, these people are too critical. It's like they're looking for things to complain about. And we're back. I think maybe. Possibly, I don't know for how long. Okay, okay, so we'll All see. Right. I just didn't want to carry on without you. Like we've been sitting here talking for a minute, and I was like, yeah, didn't want to carry on without Mike. He's he's no. a third of it. No, I mean, just it's really, really irritating. We asked, we asked Comcast to send us a box for a replacement almost two months ago. It still hasn't gotten here. Oh, you haven't gotten a new modem yet? No. Uh, weak sauce. Yeah. So at this point, I'm, I'm just, I'm ready to just drive out there and be like, here, give me another goddamn modem, because obviously you can't deliver one. I know that feeling. Well. I was supposed to have somebody come over here to, to do line maintenance on the lines inside my apartment. They never showed up. I called to schedule someone to come out here to do the line maintenance because they kept calling me saying, oh, we've got problems with your lines. Our, your connection speed's not up to snuff. We want to send somebody in to maintain the lines in the apartment. Okay, sure. Here's when I'll be home. Y'all can come by whenever. And then they never showed up. And I, I stopped getting phone calls. And Seth's like, how come you haven't talked to them about the lines? I'm like, I'm not wasting my time making sure that they do their jobs. They're supposed to call me. Sorry. I'm not going to badger somebody over some shit that I don't even really need. My internet works fine. Could it be better? Oh, for sure. It could always be better. Especially for what I'm paying for it. But it works. I'm not going to complain about something that works. Oh. Me and Katie upgraded to a higher internet quality. So when we did that, they said they would be sending us a new box. Mm. And you haven't gotten your new modem yet, huh? No. Mm. That's so tough. with this thing being spotty, I didn't realize it was going to take today to take a dump. So okay, let's get on, let's get on with it. Okay, um, so let's, let's carry on. Um, Aaron? Mike, you, you had two. Aaron had two. We, we've discussed a couple D&D horror stories. Uh, bitched about how our, our Roll20 game just kind of fell off, and we need to get that started up again. What I was thinking um, about doing that with our, uh, our Twitch. I think that might uh, be a bad idea. Look for, look for yeah. Roll20 on, on Twitch, hopefully soon. We'll see how that goes. Because, I mean, then we could just use OBS and highlight the entire like just that little view screen have mm. that streaming yeah and, and i mean that, that's all, all recorded from is... a single session so and yeah. after that all you all you have to do to convert that is literally just sign it into the youtube and it'll convert itself yeah, boop and done deal that sounds cool let's do that that might be a lot of fun i, I honestly i just want to play dnd i'm not gonna lie i haven't played dnd in ages i just want to play dnd i have but... never played dnd but i've always wanted to I'm always the guy that's, you know, making making everything. I've always been a DM. That, so that's, I why have... I put, that's why I put that hat on Aaron. I know you've been doing it for years, and I just don't want to. 
So I put that hat on Aaron and made Aaron do it. But <laughs> but in, in my defense, I will admit, every so often I'll stop and be like, oh my god, that will be a brilliant idea, and I'll sketch up a new weapon or write out the rules behind it, all the negatives, the positives. I'm trying to balance a weapon. I'm like, yeah, if it does this, it's got to do this. Uh, I, I do want to build a campaign setting. Uh, I like the creative writing aspect behind building a campaign setting, but I don't want to run it. No, no. <laughs> um, World Anvil. You can actually create it for free. That includes all the drawings and artwork. This is not a plug. We're not sponsored by World Anvil unless they want to give us money. I always used... Um... Hex or like, something. I, I mean, I've been using World Anvil. I'm not going to lie. I've been creating the whole world for a while. But <laughs> mm. that Now, I will admit, that was before I actually had a 40... I had a 42-inch 42 TV in here. I actually cut both sides of that box down, and I actually drew a grid. A one-inch by one-inch square grid. I remember. I've seen it. Yep, I had that thing hanging in my basement for the longest. <clears throat> Hexagrapher. That's the one that I use for making maps and stuff. So as far as um as far as to get back on topic, unpopular opinions goes. Um we've covered Mike, he had a couple of them, Aaron's had a couple of them. I've only got one, but I I was concerned that this was a, a conversation topic enough that it would eat up a large chunk of the podcast, so I wanted to go last. But okay. um I actually enjoyed all of the Star Wars films. All of them. I didn't hate oh. the prequels. I didn't hate the sequels. The spinoffs are decent. Especially Rogue One. Rogue One's amazing. Solo, I hated it the first time I watched it, but on a repeat viewing, it's not that bad. Um, but I, I say this because Star Wars fans, by and large, despise everything that isn't the original trilogy, with a few notable exceptions. And I only say that because I, I honestly, I enjoyed them. Except for Jar Jar Banks, he can die in a fire. I, I am not going to lie. I did not mind the newer three. Mm. And the Mandalorian is actually pretty good. Oh, Mando's sick, dude. Everybody loves Mandalorian. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think a lot of the Star Wars fans are happy with Mandalorian. So <laughs> that's not one that, that they're really up well, in arms against. That was why I brought up the film specifically because, like, the Star Wars fans hated like both the prequels and the sequels. Basically, anything that wasn't, you know, a New Hope, Empire, and Jedi, they fucking hated. Uh, I mean, some of the visuals in the second one were really good. I think because the second one had the the ship that went to hyperdrive and broke the other ship, didn't it? That was sick. I love that yeah. scene. Awesome. And then that that one also had the scene on the the red dusted ice planet. Yeah, that was really that was visually really appealing. It was it was salt is what that was. Yeah, it was really cool looking though. <clears throat> so I mean I like the new ones. I really didn't care for the prequels, but I mean I still watch them. I, oh. I think. I, on the prequels, right, I have this to say, okay? The the original, like, episode one, okay, for what it was, I think it was good. It was great because it was, like, 1999 when that film came out, so digital effects were better than they were when Industrial Light Magic started way back in the 70s, so they could do better stuff. Uh, practical effects were better, so the lightsaber duels were a lot more interesting. And on the subject of lightsaber duels, 
only going to say this once, and I mean it. Darth Maul's lightsaber is the coolest weapon ever devised in reality or fantasy. There is no change in my mind. That is just a statement of fact. So you, you liked the double-ended bow staff? I, dude, that's badass. That's super cool. I think just two, two regular lightsabers is more where it's at. Now, hold on, because there was a, a I can't remember, if it, I think it might have been a Sith character that actually used a double-ended lightsaber that turned out to, it was like a double, double-sided double bow staff, like you, you're talking about Maul, but it actually mm. untwisted into two, so it you're, would actually break apart. I can't remember. You're thinking of, I think? yeah, Asajj Ventress. Asajj, I couldn't, yeah, Avenge <laughs> Ventress. Yeah, I couldn't remember it. I just knew there was one that actually did both. Yeah, it was well, yeah, she did the uh, Clone Wars, right? Yeah, she was, was introduced that... in the Clone Wars. Yeah. Which, a lot of the fans like Clone Wars, too. Uh, which is why I brought up the film specifically, Aaron. God. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's like, yeah, the films for sure. There's been a lot of contention on that. But a lot of the side, side stuff has been well-received. I, I think it depends, because some of it's kind of hit or miss. Um Unless you're talking about like the old school stuff, like the, the Wookie Christmas special, the <laughs> <laughs> no, Ewok Christmas special. Oh, I hate you mean the Ewok movies. Caravan of Suck. <laughs> I hated yeah. Ewoks. I like. That's why I love that uh, that side mission in Force Awakens where you went to the Ewok planet and just murdered them all. It was great. My favorite mission in the whole game. I was just like, kill all the Ewoks. Yes. Well, you know, Battlegrounds Two. Battlegrounds 2 has a as a game mode where you fight Ewoks. <laughs> it is goddamn terrifying. <laughs> because it's at night and it's you versus Ewoks. And, and the, the Ewoks are players and, and then you you as stormtroopers are players and you're both trying to kill the other group. Or well the, the stormtroopers are just trying to escape. And the mm-hmm. Ewoks are just hunting them down. <laughs> and it's just great. Fucking space bears. So I'm so over space bears. Uh, (laughs) But like with the with the prequel films, right? Darth Maul's lightsaber is awesome. The lightsaber combat in general is better in the prequel films. Uh, Liam Neeson's a fucking Jedi. I'm not even saying that that he's an actor who plays a Jedi. I think Liam Neeson might actually be a Jedi Knight. and with the with the exception of Jar Jar Binks, who I absolutely despise and can die in a fire, and all the Gungans suck, but in particular Jar Jar Binks. Jar Actually, Jar Binks, the uh, hidden Sith Lord. No, he's too stupid to be a Sith Lord. I'm sorry. I know that's the whole point of the theory, but I, I hate him. Like he can't be anything cool. Um, I think I think it was a good setup. Um, and for what it's worth, the um. The actors in that film were not bad at all. Um, I I personally enjoyed that movie a great deal. Episode 2 drags, but it's because it's a lot of political intrigue, I think. And it doesn't really get interesting until the big war, like the battle on Geonosis at the end. And a lot of people gave Hayden Christensen a lot of shit for, um, for being a bad actor in those films. I have this to say, and I've said it to you guys both before. I, I may as well say it here again on record. Hayden Christensen's a solid actor. Like, if as long as he doesn't have to speak in those films, he can act fine. I don't think it's, I don't think it's the issue with, with him as an actor. I think the issue was the writing was bad. I don't think those scripts did him any favors. 
Well, and it could be direction too, right? Director guidance on on how to play those particular parts. Because it well, just felt like he was very petulant, but he didn't. I mean, he was probably directed to to play that way, mm. and so it kind of comes. Uh, yeah, it was a bit too much for me. I nice, give it to, of course, because yeah, I was. I give it to the writing <laughs> because of that fucking monologue about sand. I get that he hates sand, but it's because he's from Tatooine and he was just sick of sand. He'd lived there his whole life, and he'd finally gotten out to be in the rest of the galaxy and seen that there were other planets and other, you know, other stuff besides, you know, dual suns and sand. And it was just... Well, to be fair, if you lived in a a world that was entirely sand, you'd be getting sick of it. (laughs) For sure. Where all you gotta do is farm moisture and drink blue milk. Like, (laughs) I could see that. But I mean, like, episode two is is really, it's, it's good in spots. There's a scene in episode two. I can't tell you exactly where it is. I can't timestamp it. I'm not one of those people. But um, there are a couple of scenes. Let's just look at any scene where Hayden Christensen is acting without speaking. There, there are scenes where you know he is acting, you know, with j- just with his face and his expression, and you can see that he's properly conveying the emotion of the scene. He's doing a good job as an actor. And then he opens his mouth, and some of that horrible dialogue comes out. And you're completely taken out of the moment. Just, Did you know. ever hear about the uh, Machete Order? No, no, I didn't. <clears throat> so you watch, you watch four, and then you cut to two and three as like an extended flashback, mm. and then you watch five and six, and just forget episode one altogether. Yep. But then you get no Darth Maul cool laser. Like that's all I really want. No. Uh, but you still get Yoda. Yoda's cool lightsaber fights. Yeah, Yoda's got some great lightsaber fights, but he only has the one regular plain lightsaber. It's even oh, kind of wow. small. It's e- it's even kind of small because it's got to fit his little Yoda hand. <laughs> True. I want staff saber. Staff saber is awesome. And there's um, only one staff saber in the. Uh... At- and episode two's got Anakin with the cool like dual lightsaber fight for just a second. And can we talk about how awesome Christopher Lee was as Count Dooku? Let's just talk about how awesome Christopher Lee was in anything. Christopher Lee is just awesome. And, Good you picture, know, for sure. Yeah, fantastic actor. Uh, great, as, great as Count Dooku, Darth Tyrannus. Great as Saruman in Lord of the Rings. Fantastic. I'm glad he got who to was, do those movies uh, before he passed away. Who was uh, Mace Windu? Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Samuel L. Jackson. I think I remember hearing about the, the 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 one of the reasons why he or he specifically requested that he wanted a purple lightsaber, which they is why added, he got a purple lightsaber. They added a planet to the Star Wars universe just so that Mace Windu could have a purple lightsaber. And what's more about Mace Windu and his purple lightsaber is that uh, on the handle of Mace Windu's lightsaber, supposedly it says "bad motherfucker." And you just, you can't see it because he's always holding it and it's covered. Well, that's not very Jedi-like. <laughs> no, but it's very Samuel L. Jackson-like. Like, <laughs> that is true. <laughs> I just, I would love to see, like, Mace Windu. Say what again? Say what again? One more time. I dare you. I devil dare you, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I would lo- I, I'd pay money to see, like, 
you know, Samuel L. Jackson in Mace Windu doing that scene oh. from Pulp Fiction. It'd be beautiful. You, um, so you know, you know who plays Zavala, right, in Destiny? Yeah. He has this. He obviously he's an actor, and he's played in other stuff. And yeah. one of them was this thing where he was this uh, store manager. Have mm. you ever heard that? Seen that? Oh my god, mm. it was so great because it's Zavala's voice, but he's talking about about like about uh, shift changes and stuff like that and restroom breaks. He's like, if you if you're not out by five minutes, I will personally come in there and like skull fuck you to death. <laughs> he's just like really, it's really good. Yeah. But I mean, like, um, yeah. To to go back on point, like, Christopher Lee was great as Dooku. That film was awesome. The Yoda lightsaber fight kicked all the ass in the world. Um, as much as I hated Jango Fett, he gets decapitated by the end of that movie, so I'm cool with it. Uh, <laughs> there was some, there were some, there were some cool things done in those movies. And to Star Wars fans, here's another unpopular Star Wars opinion. While I'm on this fucking tip i'm gonna keep going with it i'm gonna make everyone who loves star wars hate me here in two seconds boba fett fucking sucks he did nothing that mattered fuck boba fett he can eat a party-sized bag of dicks boba fett was cool in the extended universe which doesn't exist anymore yeah so and while we're on that while we're on that subject let me just say that this and this is another point of contention right for star wars fans I actually like what Disney did when they said the EU was no longer considered canon because it, it there was too much lore out there. There was too much lore. It was it was getting complicated. And I think that's part of what drug the prequel trilogy now. Well, you figure you had, you know, 20, 30 years of lore between, you know, Return of the Jedi and Episode one that they had to try and fit everything in. It, there was just too much. It was too much for anyone to do, and I think that was asking a lot of Lucasfilm. It was asking a lot of, you know, the fan base. No one, nothing's gonna hold up to twenty some odd years of hype. Well, I don't care who you are, though. If you like the extended universe stuff, and then suddenly it doesn't, it doesn't count anymore. That's gonna piss you off. Oh, I've had, I've had a fair number of conversations with people who are like, "This is not my Star Wars." Like they, like the hashtag "Not my Star Wars" was trending for a while. Because the EU stuff was not canon. I like what they did, though, because it made the universe simpler. And I particularly like what they did with regards to lightsaber crystals and the colors of lightsaber blades. Because they made them relevant to the Jedi in question. I thought that was really cool. And the color of your lightsaber blade sort of denotes, to a degree, your connection to the Force. And it was really interesting in what made all Sith lightsabers red. I was really interested in that. The concept mm. of bleeding lightsaber crystals was really cool to me. I mean, like, the Extended Universe had that fair enough just as well. I think the, the reason in the Extended Universe was that the Sith lightsabers were all from a particular place, and those, those crystals were all... They were, they, were all made with, they were all made with synthetic crystals that could only be produced in a single color. EU lightsaber blades, the different colors were caused by the different crystals used to focus the lightsaber. Yeah. In, in, go ahead, Mike, because you look like you're going to uh, say something. I'm going to say something because I just heard my stuff spike again. I have no idea how long this is going to last, obviously. I've dropped twice. Um, if need be, I think one of you guys might actually be able to stop Craig when it's needed. 
Okay. I don't know if I'm going to be be here for it, honestly. Well, we'll, we'll figure it out one way or another. Yeah. Well, yeah, we'll type it in. I've tried it before, and Craig doesn't listen to me. But that you might have changed permissions since then, so. Oh, damn. Oh, so I'll have a bunch of dead space. Could be. Well, that That's also possible. I mean, if I... everybody leaves, then Craig might leave then, too. Maybe. Could very well Maybe be. Not. Yeah. Anyway. So yeah, I was I was definitely upset with the fact that the extended universe was gone because I've read the extended universe and I like the extended universe. Like I always say when it comes to stuff like this, the existence of a new thing, in this case the existence of a new paradigm with regards to the Star Wars canon, does not negate the existence of all your favorite and new properties. You can still enjoy all the books and all the comics and all that stuff. It's just no longer considered canon. Yeah, but that means that that, that mythology, that that world, is dead at this point. Nobody's going to continue the canon because that canon because it, it isn't canon. Speaking as a Sonic Set AM fan, I don't want to hear shit out of you. This is nothing new to me. Okay, all my favorite versions of all my favorite properties are all dead and gone. So shut your hole. <laughs> well, it's new to me, right? So let, let me, you may let me, be you may be callous to it, but let me put this out there: if they were able to bring back all of GT and end up making it back into the canon, anything's possible. Some some stuff you're good with not being canon because that's another one of those things that everybody hated. I didn't I didn't love Dragon Ball GT, but I didn't despise it either. Like, there's a lot of people that are really yeah. Because, I mean, the extended universe stuff, there is some ways that they can bring some of that back, obviously. And some of the previous stuff is not negated anymore because, I mean, that was within Clone Wars and stuff like that. But, like, the future... The future stuff that I'd read is gone. There's really not any way they can bring it back. Dealing with Han and Leia's kids that now don't exist because that is no longer canon. I read those... I read those stories, too. I know the ones you're talking about. Um, some of it can be brought back, though. I mean, well, you're not going to get Mara Jade now because no more Luke Skywalker. Spoilers for The Last Jedi. Uh, yeah. And Mara um, Jade was an interesting character. Mara Jade was cool. Um, the, the, the whole arc for um, for Han and Leia's kid that went dark side was so much more interesting than their kid in the movie that went dark side. Well, because of the twins thing. Because it was two of them, and his sister was, you know, the Jedi that killed him. It was a much more interesting kind of, you know, turn. Yeah, well, I mean, just the reason why the the brother went to the dark side was much more intricate than, I just want to be like Grandpappy Vader. Yeah. It was complicated. I just I read a Star Wars theory not too long ago that talked about how Leia was more like Vader than Luke, and uh, I, I agree. She definitely had an edge to everything that she did. Uh, you know, she just turned it in the opposite direction from Vader. Well, she was more passionate, which is not something that you want in a Jedi. No, no. Which is the same thing with Vader. He was mm. passionate. But I mean, like the 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 prequel movies were not bad. I think they did some things really well. Um, I personally loved 
the the last lightsaber duel between Obi Wan and Anakin on Mustafar. It is one of my favorite scenes in Star Wars history. I I love it. Like it, it's it's just it's the right amount of impactful and visually stunning. It's great. It's great, and I don't think anybody can argue that that's not a great scene. Except for the ending. Well, you mean like the... the like I've got to hang around and then jump and then the slice. Oh, well, it was kind of an anticlimactic ending to yeah. that particular fight. The scene after that I really enjoyed, though. Oh, yeah, yeah for sure. When he, when, yeah, when he wakes up and he's got the suit on, and then he really... And then um, the Emperor thinks that he's... Or tells Vader that uh, Leia or that Padme is dead, and then he just starts you screaming no and crushes everything. For you, buddy, that right there is for you. <laughs> so for people, obviously nobody can see what's going on. Uh, Mike shows is showing a picture of a statue with Kong beating the crap out of Godzilla. <laughs> that that's that's real. That's a thing. It's a real statue, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm but I mean, sorry. like as far as far as like the Star Wars EU canon goes, there are some things that, and I think Disney's been smart in being a little bit picky and choosy about what they bring back from EU, because a lot of it does come back. You know, it didn't stay gone. They just they they did cut. have a kid, and that kid did go to the dark side. Well, yeah, but I'm just saying they cut the amount of excess off, and what we got was a lot more streamlined. There are there are issues with I mean we could do a whole like video essay about what's wrong with Disney's take on Star Wars. There's a whole lot to be said there. I don't have the proper amount of of knowledge. I don't have the right knowledge base to say this is everything that's wrong with the new Star Wars films from a philosophical standpoint. I've watched videos on that. I will refer people again to Lindsay Ellis who did a great video on the philosophy of the First Order and does the First Order even have a philosophy? It's a great video. They talk about like the uh, the parallels between like fascism and Nazi propaganda, which is what Lucas based Imperial Stormtroopers on, you know, and Darth Vader's helmet and a bunch of other shit. Like they were meant to be space Nazis, basically. Well, for sure. Like I mean, um, the um, the Imperial like officer outfit was very reminiscent yeah. of the Luftwaffe. Yeah, the Waffen, the Waffen, uh, the Waffen SS. There we go. I can say yeah. it. I can word. <laughs> um, yeah, the the Luftwaffe. Yeah, they had a lot of a lot of parallels. I don't. I think he didn't. He didn't expressly say make them Nazis. If I remember, <laughs> well, if I remember correctly, Just... he was more like he wants them to be like menacing. And at the time, World War II was like fresh in everyone's mind. So just to prove that John isn't just some random conspiracy nut oh this yeah. is legitimate there's there's multiple videos i just yeah, looked yeah. for some of them not, not my star wars yeah not even like two months ago <laughs> this is still hot <laughs> that's what yeah. i mean people are salty I mean, about the new star wars movies man i mean that, that first one is literally you know disney disney is not my star wars like yeah what? yeah um and while we're on the subject of Disney Star Wars, since I've I've talked about the, the prequel trilogy and what I think was was good about those and bad about those, well we'll go into the Disney films really quick just for a quick second. Um I personally enjoyed The Force Awakens. I thought it was great. 
it is basically a shot-for-shot remake of A New Hope. But that's kind of what they were trying to do. They were showing the fan base that they could do this and do it well. They did it with a lot of the same effects that were used on A New Hope. That was done intentionally. It still looks phenomenal. It held up really well. Um, do I love, you know, everything about it? No, not really. I think Kylo Ren's kind of whiny. I mean, he works as a character. I don't know if I like the heel turn with, with Luke and, you know, training Jedi, and then suddenly everything goes immediately tits up. Because it looked like he wasn't even training Jedi for that long. We did have, well, like, a... Like that was his, own, his, first, his first apprentice. Well, no, because he had a he had an academy. He had a school. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And Kylo and, and yeah, Kylo yeah. Kylo killed all of the disciples, and the ones that weren't killed. A lot of people, you know, a lot of people don't know this. It's it's talked about in other source books and things like that. And the novelization, I think, mentions it. The apprentices that Kylo Ren then Ben Solo didn't kill became Snoke's Imperial Guard. Which is part of why they were able to fight the way that they were in that scene in Last Jedi. Because they were pseudo-trained Jedi. Hmm. Um, I see it. But yeah, I mean, there were, there were things I liked about those films. There were things I didn't like about those films. Um, there's a lot of argument about, uh, about Rey being a Mary Sue. About how she's just immediately good at everything. I think some of that can be explained away. Her um her knowledge of the force being what it is is a little bit iffy. But I mean if you think about the whole concept of balance between the Jedi and the Sith, right? And how in the prequel films the Jedi's ability to use the force was starting to diminish. It was because they were spread too thin. The Sith were more powerful than the Jedi because of the rule of two. There were only ever two Sith in the galaxy. There's a master and an apprentice. No more, no less. Meanwhile, there's an entire Jedi Order, right? With a council at the top, and Jedi Knights beneath them, and Padawans for the Jedi, and younglings training to become Padawans. So all these Force users on the light side are spreading the power out a little too thin. Well, the only reason why there was only two Sith was because they couldn't stand each other enough. As soon as there was more than two, someone was getting assassinated. Well, they, yeah, they did have a city at one point in time, but they all kept plotting to murder each other, and it just didn't go anywhere. Yeah, that's I mean, true. But look, I mean, at the, look at the Force Awakens. I mean, yeah. Vader secretly takes this guy on, claims that he, you know, he's going to kill the Emperor. In turn, he doesn't kills him, and he has to come back, and it turns out he's a clone of himself. Yeah, the, the, the secret is original. Yeah. Like, well, yeah, no. Infighting is common among the Sith, but my point is there are a lot less Sith than there are Jedi. So there's a lot more energy on that one side of the Force for the Sith to have access to than the Jedi that are are spread kind of thin. But, like, if, if we take that, if we take that theory, right, then you boil it down to the fact that there are very few Jedi left after after the Purge and after, you know, Luke's Academy is basically slaughtered there are, you know, I don't know how many Jedi exactly. I'd have to look it up on Wikipedia. But Rey becomes one of the few light side force users in the galaxy. That By that token, she would have a lot more power and a lot more energy to draw from to use the force. I think Not it's more just a thing of genetics, right? Some people well, I mean, are just she's got better a lot of, at... 
she got a lot of raw talent based on who she is, but we don't know that in The Force Awakens. Yeah. Well, the thing that's the well, that's the thing is that the Force raw talent with the Force is enough to 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 uh, justify quite a lot. I'm, because, I'm, I'm just going to do it because okay. we're we're talking uh, unpopular opinion here. It's the Metaclorians. Oh, shut <laughs> up! Metaclorians aren't real. Metaclorians aren't real. They're mentioned in Mandalorian, so yeah, oh. they, they are mentioned, but they're mentioned very much, very much in passing when they are brought up. Well, sure, but I mean, that's Mandalorian isn't a force-based story, right? No. It's about the. Yeah, that's it's about the Mandalorians. But anyway, back to what I was saying. There's a there's examples of other mythologies and other stories where wizards and sorcerers and stuff like that learn more with their abilities just using them. And you even see examples of that in like The Force Awakens and stuff like that where they take those meditative stances and and they're they're awakened to more of the Force. Yeah, and the stronger you are with the force, the more you can be awakened to it. So I, I, I can justify that for why she knows these things that nobody's told her about. Well, that's because she's strong with the force, and those things are just available to her as she expands her knowledge, just through the fact that she has that power. So I have to figure though. We're also talking about a world in which, like Luke Skywalker is considered a legend. So people have been telling stories about Luke Skywalker and the, the you know, the remaining Jedi. Since the fall of the Empire. So she probably has some idea from those stories about what a Jedi is supposed to be capable of. She wouldn't know that she could mind trick the, the Stormtrooper without having known that, that was possible from somewhere. Well, not necessarily. With, through meditative trances, those things would become a, 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 those things would become revealed to them. Well, it's a possibility it's... it could just come to her too, in, you know, in a dream or whatever. But I'm like, yeah. there are people that are saying that she's too inherently good at piloting starships. To that, I have to say she spent the vast majority of her life scrapping starships. Are you going to tell me in all that time she didn't bother to figure out how any of it worked? You've got to know what parts to pull and what's good and what's bad. Tell me I'm wrong. Tell me you, tell me you can work in a junkyard tearing apart cars without any idea what parts do what and whether or not they function. Okay, taking that, there's a big difference between being a junkyard worker and, and knowing about the cars and taking apart mechanic-wise, and then become using that knowledge to become a race car driver with no other training. Okay, well, I'm, I'm extrapolating from now into, you know, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, right? Because well, I mean, even... She We're was scrapping the stuff. scrappers now, right? That's not a thing. But in the Star Wars universe, that is a thing. Yeah. There are, there are junkyards where people tear apart starships and sell the materials for, for scrap. Yeah, a, and I think, the, I think that's a good analogy, right? You're, if you're a junkyard or a space, space um, junkyard mechanic or whatever, scrapper, and you're, you're you're used to that. That's fine, but that's completely different than piloting those things or being a race car driver, which I would equate to the equivalent piloting of the spaceships. What he's saying, John. What he's saying, John, is basically, yeah, he, he's agreeing with what you're saying. He's just putting it into terms of, sure, I'm going to go tear apart this. You know, I tear apart engines for a living. Doesn't mean I'm going to be a Formula One driver because I know how to tear apart an engine. 
No, but you would know the basic mechanics of how to operate a vehicle. I, I'm, yes, not expe- I'm not expecting this person to be able to, you know, to dimensional drift or whatever. I'm just saying that if you've taken apart enough of a thing, then you would have a baseline idea of how that thing operates. And we're already, is- we're already talking about someone who is apparently inherently talented after having seen certain stuff. This is the Goku of Star Wars, you know? I, I can do an attack after seeing it once. That kind of character is what we're talking about. So, I mean, if Goku is a balanced and well-thought-out character, then I, I by that token, I think Rey as well. Yeah, okay. Is Goku a balanced and well-thought-out character? Some people would say so. I'm not saying I'm one of them, but some people would say <laughs> I'm pretty sure those people wear tinfoil hats, uh, believe in aliens. A couple of them probably even believe that the Earth is flat. I mean, well, Of course they believe in aliens. That's why they're wearing the tinfoil hats. <laughs> oh, no. Don't judge oh. their, their aesthetics. Maybe they just like tinfoil hats. I mean, hey, they're, they're trying to keep the FBI from broadcasting the mind control signals into the chip that was implanted in their brains. Or they're trying to protect themselves from that 5G. Who knows? Oh, yeah. yeah, the 5G that gives you cancer. Yeah, there you go. The five, the 5G that gives you cancer from the windmills. Yeah. So back to the prequels. One th- theory that I always held was that Anakin was supposed to bring balance to the Force, right? Well, in the prequels, the the Force was already in unbalanced by the Jedi. Yeah. Anakin brought balance to the Force. Congratulations, Sith and Jedi are balanced. <laughs> yeah, there, there's two Sith, and now there are like maybe five Jedi in the whole galaxy. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it's a lot more imbalanced than it was a minute ago. I see what yeah. you said. Um, I think my theory is this, right? My theory was that Anakin was supposed to bring balance to the Force. He was the chosen one, right? Anakin brings balance to the Force not through himself, but through his children. I think that's where we go with that because Leia brings down the Empire diplomatically and Luke is the seed of a new Jedi Order. But is that balance? I mean, the Jedi had had thousands and thousands of years of being part of the seat of power. Mm. Shouldn't the Sith get the same kind of treatment? (laughs) What you're saying is the Empire should have won. You don't like that the Empire lost. (laughs) No, I'm just saying, if you're talking about balance, like true balance, that's not good over evil. That's not evil over good. That's both. Aaron advocates for space Nazis. You heard it here, folks. (laughs) Aaron is putting out that, uh, that equality. Between That's good and true evil. quality. That space Nazi vibe. All about them space Nazis. They were true neutral to take <laughs> it to D and D terms. <laughs> ah, to go back to D and D. Yeah. No, um, I don't know. Like, I, th- it was a theory. I I thought it up when I was like twelve. So I mean, like, obviously there are holes in it. But it was just and something yeah, I thought of. I can see that. I mean, that Anakin just well, because then Anakin isn't bringing balance to the Force. He just needed to be a dad. That's yeah. it. Well, I mean, he had to exist in order to bone to, you know, have kids to have that happen. But yeah. I, I think I think a big part of what turned Anakin to the dark side, what made him Darth Vader, was the amount of pressure that was put on him by, you know, by Qui-Gon and his master Obi-Wan because he was the chosen one. They were like, you're the chosen one. You're You're meant to bring balance to the Force. So he's got this immense amount of pressure on him from a very young age. 
that not only is he meant to be a Jedi, he's meant to be the savior of the Jedi Order. You know, I mean, it's hard to do anything under that think, amount of pressure. I think he was just too old. I mean, you you you've seen from the stories and everything like that, Jedi indoctrination, which is to be fair, what it is, starts extremely young. Yeah. Because it is not it is not normal human behavior to act as the Jedi act. They have to be trained for that. Well, the the Jedi are a monastic order in a sense. You know, they they lead very secular lives. They're very specific in the way that they do things. They're not allowed to get attached. I like I like the line. I like the way it was put. And this is a bit of dialogue from the prequels I actually enjoyed. Attachment is forbidden. You know, but um connections, friendships, what I would call unconditional love is central to a Jedi's life. You might say we're encouraged to love. Which is, you know, like they're the Hare Krishna of the universe, basically. <laughs> it's all peace and love, man, until you fuck with me and then I get out my laser sword and cut your hands off. <laughs> you notice that that's, that's the, the mainstay of Jedi combat, by the way, is removal of hands. Like... Which didn't make sense, because... I mean, both Luke and Anakin lost a hand, and they were still using them damn things. Well, the the Jedi yeah, weren't about hands. the Jedi weren't about killing their opponents, though. They were about disarming them and putting a stop to the fight. Yeah, so, and in that future world, I mean, just you know, taking off a hand isn't the end of that person's you know career or life or whatever. Yeah. So yeah, that's a pretty good way to immediately you know remove the threat. Yeah, exactly. So Unless it has those... another three arms. <laughs> Dude, Dude, General Grievous. General Kenobi. Hello there. That's, a, that's another one of those Star Wars games. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, I mean, like, to, uh, to go back on point with the, the sequel trilogy, I think, they, I think I know what they were doing. They were trying to show the fan base that they knew what they were doing with the franchise. And I think that they... They were smart about it. I think a lot of what they did was, you know, was all right. I think they fell apart in The Last Jedi. And the reason I think they fell apart in The Last Jedi is different director, different writer. You know, there were, there were too, many, too many chefs in the kitchen, so to speak. Too many hands in the pot. Yeah, exactly. Too many people I saying Because, like, you can, see that, you can see that the plot of The Last Jedi takes a hard left. From where J.J. Abrams had The Force Awakens. There are so many things that were started and then ended very disappointingly. Um, the, the Luke-Ray relationship was very kind of like, meh, I don't care. Snoke's death was very anticlimactic. You got the, you got the sense he was meant to be the big bad guy in, in the, the sequel trilogy. And then Last Jedi happens and he dies rather unceremoniously, actually. And... You got raised relationship with their family or their with their parents and everything like that. That took a completely yeah. different turn. Well, I mean, it was it was meant to be a mystery, right? That was J.J. Abrams' whole thing. He's got this writing philosophy of the mystery box. You know, give the give the audience a mystery, and then you know let them solve it. And that was the plot of the film. What makes the film interesting? And they didn't solve the mystery of Ray's parentage in the Force Awakens. I think he meant to solve it. In you know the Last Jedi or Rise of Skywalker, he may no. have always intended for it to be the way that it was, 
But I kind of like the idea, and just to to not blow smoke up Ryan Johnson's ass for a second. I'm, I I know a lot of people give him shit. I kind of like the idea of Ray not being anyone inherently important, because the overall arc of that film, right, the the story they were trying to say is you don't have to be a Skywalker, you don't have to be a Solo, you don't have to be a Windu or a Kenobi or a Palpatine to be important. You can you can just be a person in this galaxy and start your own legend and do your own legendary shit. You do not have to be descended from someone who is quote-unquote important in order to be important yourself. That was yeah. the plot that they were trying to, to, to put forward with that film. I got that feeling, and I ran with it. I thought and I thought for sure J.J. Abrams was going to keep that, right? Ray's parents weren't going to matter at all, right? It was going to be a mystery that wasn't going to be solved because the mystery was that they weren't anybody. They really weren't. They yeah. were just normal people. Because I remember there was that one uh, ending scene where there was just that one kid who was sweeping up, and he uses the force to pick up a broom. He was trying. I think he was trying to push that. Yeah, it can be anybody. It's a universe. It's not. It's not about the legendary characters. It's. It's everybody can do these things. Exactly. They just need the right situation. Well, some people are born to greatness. Some achieve greatness. And some have greatness thrust upon them. And I think that that was what they were trying to do with Ray's character in the sequel films, right? Was they were trying to... Go ahead. I, I, must, I must put in one more, because you said people are thrust into it. Well, they have greatness thrust upon them. They've, you know, we have people that just strive for it. We have people that just take it. There are those few people that literally are dragged into it kicking and screaming. Then they don't really have a choice. Like, that's, that's Luke Skywalker's arc, right? Is that he was meant to be this great legendary Jedi hero, and he fucked up, and that was why he was all kind of, you know, torn up or whatever. I was the great Luke Skywalker. This isn't supposed to have gone the way that it did. Uh, you know, I'm supposed to be this big Billy Badass guy. Yeah, and, and you can see it kind of as a nice thing where they do, like, you know, you've got the prequels where they're destined for greatness. Anakin was destined for greatness, and he fell. And then Luke was destined for greatness and he succeeded, but he still failed in the end. And then just kind of showing that, that you don't have to be destined for greatness to do great things. Of course, you know, they fucked it up with Rise of Skywalker and making Rey a Palpatine. Spoilers, yeah. for, spoilers for Rise of Skywalker if you haven't seen it yet. Just kidding, you've seen it. If you haven't yeah. seen it, you've gotten. If you haven't seen it, you've gotten this far into this discussion. I'm amazed at you. Uh, okay, I'm hold on. <laughs> I, I mean, we did it a bunch last time, and I want to continue this this formality every time we have a uh, a movie discussion because I like doing it. I haven't seen it. Didn't even give a shit. You know what? Fuck you. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> oh jeez. I had so much other shit to do, dude. I was working at Dollar General. I was really. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Disney Plus now. <laughs> well, you can watch it now. There's nothing stopping you. Uh, <laughs> I um, mean, it, I don't know. Was there? There were there, epic scenes in that one. So oh, there I were definitely epic scenes in that. But there are things that they didn't need to do. They didn't need to make Rey a Palpatine. They didn't need to bring Palpatine back. We could have had a new big bad evil guy at the end. It didn't have to be the return of Emperor Palpatine. You know. <laughs> 
the plot line between Ray and and Ben Solo just it fucked with me. I like the Diadem thing. I thought it was interesting. It was something they seeded in in the Last Jedi, so I kind of liked that continuation. But there are parts of it that just were like weird. That kiss scene at the end made no sense. It just seemed to come way out of nowhere. Uh, um, but I didn't hate it overall. I thought it was cool. I thought the fact that Leia had a lightsaber and they show that she did complete her training as a Jedi. That must have been like uh, Luke's like first first apprentice. I would yeah. think. Yeah. What, what, I mean, that would be the easy one. That would be the the you know the swish. <sighs> The, uh, slam dunk of the of the trainings. Train my sister to be a Jedi because you know <laughs> she already uses the Force. You know she was already strong in the Force. He said anyway, so it made sense that he would train her first. You know that's just a well, way I mean, of saying I can train Jedi. And then well, Leia goes on to train Rey. It's not even that. I mean, if you think about it, she's a fucking princess. How often do these things get abduct- abducted again? Like, <laughs> I mean. <laughs> She got captured the first fucking movie, dude. <laughs> Any Star Wars fan will tell you, capturing Leia is not an easy task, and she's not going to stay captured for very long. <laughs> That's just... I mean, sorry. First, The very first movie ever released, Leia is captured. Yeah, but she also wound up saving herself because they did not know what the fuck they were doing. <laughs> Luke I mean, and Han were, like, completely lost. <laughs> Yeah, but if you think about it, if they didn't show up to begin with, she would have never got out. I mean, it's well, look, look. No offense, but it, it, we're not having that. Uh, what is it? That uh, Indiana Jones moment? Okay. <laughs> yes, yes, we get it. Indy was useless. You kind of needed them to get her out to begin with. I mean, yeah, but I, she might not have gotten out without their help. She might not have left the cell without their help. But she also nece- wouldn't necessarily have given up the plans to the Death Star. But know? then she would have died because she still wouldn't have been able to get out. Yeah, exactly. she would. She would have died, sure, but she wouldn't have given up the Death Star plans. I mean, and that's that's even assuming that she wasn't already trying to come up with some way to escape on her own. But all that's all that's moot because we we have the plot of the film and we know what happened. Luke and Han show up to rescue Leia. Their plan immediately goes tits up. Because that's what happens when two guys have a plan. I don't care how well thought out the plan is. It will immediately go to shit. And while the two of them are panicking and being idiots, she blasts a hole into a fucking a trash duct and carries the plan out on her own. She very much wings it. And I thought it was incredible. I think Leia's an incredible character. I think Carrie Fisher was an incredible actress to play the part. So, Yep. And again, I'm, I'm just going to point this out. Because if... Our two guys wouldn't have shown up and brought the droids there. Wouldn't have got out the trash compactor either. <laughs> no, wouldn't have got, wouldn't have got out the compactor. W- wouldn't have disabled the tractor beam so they could leave the Death Star. Yes, we know. <laughs> yes, exactly. They're not completely useless. They brought the tools to get the job done. They just didn't realize they brought the tools to get the job done. Don't make me sit down and try to rewrite Star Wars without Han and Luke in that scene, because I'll figure it out, goddammit. <laughs> oh, it'll, it'll end easy. All you have to do is write, Leia dies. There'll <laughs> be, be a feminist version of Star Wars. Leia dies. Um, you, there, there had to be some kind of outside help for that. Leia didn't have enough resources, enough tools to do anything from where she was. In the position she was in, I could see that. 
there would have had to have been like a Finn kind of character to show up and try to rescue her because it's the right thing to do. You know, like what happened with Finn and Poe in The Force Awakens, where Finn was, you know, terrified, I guess, of what, you know, the First Order was becoming and what, what he would have to do as a stormtrooper in the First Order. So he rescues Poe as a way to get out because he's, you know, he says it's the right thing to do, but really he's just scared shitless and wants to be anywhere but where he is. I would I would think that for that to work, for that scene to work without Han and Luke, you would have to have another Finn character, which would be another parallel between A New Hope and The Force Awakens. But, yeah. I mean, just to, to go back on point, there were things that were done well in those movies. I think the lightsaber fight scenes were cool. I liked I liked the new characters. Maz Kanata was really interesting. You know, as a character, I thought she was cool. I don't know how I felt about putting so much weight on Luke's lightsaber, which wasn't even Luke's lightsaber. It was Anakin's lightsaber, you know, that Luke had. Because it was a lightsaber that he lost when he lost his hand to Vader in the shaft. Because Luke had his own lightsaber in The Last Jedi. He had the green lightsaber. You see it in a couple of scenes here or there. I thought, wasn't that the one that he got from his dad? No, Luke... Because the first lightsaber that he had was the one that Obi-Wan gave him. Yes, that was his dad's lightsaber. The one that he lost when Vader cut his hand off. That's the saber that they talk about in Force Awakens. The one that oh. Rey brings to him at the end of Force Awakens. That's that I saber. Oh, I thought that was I thought it I thought it was Luke's lightsaber that that was no, there. No, Luke's lightsaber's green, dude. Did she turn it on? Yeah. Did we see the color of the blade? Even if we didn't, it's a different style handle. Okay. Like we 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 do see that it's a blue lightsaber because it's the lightsaber that gets used in all the later fights. How the hell did they get that one back? Yeah, there, there's, there's a cloud city. <laughs> there, there's a story behind it. Maz Kanata even says so. That's a story for another time. I would love to hear the story of how Anakin Skywalker's lightsaber ended up in Maz Kanata's cantina. I would love to hear that story. It's got to be out there somewhere. If it isn't, get on that shit, Disney. There's that um, one YouTuber who does the everything wrong in X number of, X oh, movie in X number of minutes. You're talking about Cinema Sins, yeah. Yes, and then he does a bit every once in a while where he's all like, "Where's this movie? I want to see this movie." Like in Bright, you remember the the scene where there's the dragon across the moon? Mm. And he's like, "I want to see the movie about that." <laughs> yeah. Show me the movie about the dragon. Like, give me a day in the life of the dragon. Uh-huh. Okay, in I'm, in the bright universe, yeah, that'd be that'd be interesting. I just looked this up because I, I it crossed my mind thinking about these two goddamn droids. We've we've seen R two D two roll across many a surface, right? Yes. Can you explain to me how that little motherfucker's wheels got him across sand? Um, I am, if I'm under the proper assumption, it was a nightmare for production to figure out how to get R2-D2 across sand. No, no, no. I don't mean production. I mean, in, like, in their universe, how the hell did he get across sand? 
Uh, do you have any kind of traction at all? Uh, oh, I mean, I literally just looked this up. Little motherfucker, like, you'd have to look it up, but little motherfucker has wheels. They're not treads. So why did he not just immediately sink in and just spin tire? Like, I don't, I don't get it. I don't know, man. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's an answer for it. I'd love to know it. Not even gonna lie. Um, <laughs> Future materials. That's that's your answer, really. The main, I mean, the main wheel, it looks like a shopping cart wheel. It's like really thin, just right in the middle. Yeah. Well, but you're looking at the production, right? So, and obviously that correlates to what the real thing is. But the well, real was- thing also has space technology attached to it. I'm really hoping that's what it is because I'm. I, I that was a screenshot from when he actually drops his front wheel at one point. They actually showed yeah. that front wheel. But I mean, we don't know what it was made of, right? I mean, R2-D2 was basically like the super multi-tool. I mean, he had all kinds of crap in him. Where did he fit it all? I mean, Jesus. Bro, okay, what was it? Okay, wait. Was it he could, he could weld? He had a hand, uh, a scanner? Uh, interface port thing, because that was different than the hand. Yeah, and then uh, the the um the electrode the the shock thing. Yeah, he could also do oil, and obviously yeah. that wasn't oil that was like in him because then he'd be out of oil. <laughs> he's a, he's an astromech droid. He had all the tools he needed to repair starships. That was that was what his job was. Mm-hmm. So as far as like how he stuck to the side of ships and whatnot, he had, he was magnetic. You know, he had maglev feet. I understood that. I understood that because I've, you know, we saw him do that. What I don't understand is how the hell is he magnetically not going into sand, John? Well, I'm telling you, man, space technology. Because <laughs> we saw him do that in the movie. Okay, so obviously, some kind of space technology did it. Here we go. According, Chief according, according to our Ask Science Fiction on Reddit, the question directly how does R2D2 roll around on sand? Uh, on Tatooine, he isn't moving much on sand, mostly on pathways. Anyway, he has traction, according to Wikipedia. The droids motorized all-terrain treads. So the treads are all-terrain and could operate on sand. It apparently all is also mentioned in Star Wars The Force Awakens, the visual dictionary. So apparently, in spite of the fact that you saw wheels, clearly that's a wheel, right? According to Wikipedia, they were all-terrain treads. So there's your answer. Is it a satisfactory answer? I think that's up for debate, but it's an answer, all the same. So that's just a problem with production. They probably yeah. wanted treads, so the lore reads treads, but they didn't. I mean, they didn't ever intend you to see those treads or the wheels, so they just had something, right? Just yeah. a mystery yeah. of the movie kind of thing. You figure the original R two D two was a trash can with a midget inside it, like, and that's not a joke. Sure. Like, that's actually the like, yeah. the straight straight up trash can with a little dude in there. Hey, um, don't hate. Oh, dude I don't was, hate it all. Dude, dude was awesome. Was in, dude was in Willow and all the Harry Potter movies. Call me shelf. Uh, that was not Warwick Davis, my friend. I'll, I'll look it up just to verify, but no, the uh, the actor in R2-D2 was not Warwick Davis. You know what, Aaron, you look it up. You're on a computer. No, no, no. Yeah. He, he was one of the Ewoks. No, Warwick Davis was an Ewok, yes. Because he, he was, was very young. He was very young when that movie was made. He was played by 
Kenny Baker, and Jimmy V. And that was before they had remote-controlled R2-D2s, which they used in all the later movies. Kenny Baker was... No. In The Last Jedi, Jimmy V played R2-D2. In Star Wars Episode Four, Kenny Baker played R2-D2. Yeah. Kenny Baker was R2-D2 in all the original films and in The Force Awakens, if I'm not mistaken. Kenny Baker was in The Elephant Man, Time Bandits, Willow, was in Willow. Yeah, but he wasn't Willow. That's where, that's where he was going with it. So who did he play in Willow? I didn't say he was Willow. I said he was in Willow. I didn't say he yeah. was Willow. Chronicles of Narnia. The BBC production of Chronicles of Narnia. Oh, I've heard things about that BBC production of, of Chronicles. Hmm. Particularly about the lion, but uh, yeah, no, I mean, like, just I don't know. I I think it's an unpopular opinion because generally, universally speaking, a lot of Star Wars fans didn't care for the prequels or the sequels. I didn't hate any of them. I did. I don't love them as much as I love the original films, but I don't think anybody can. But I do think that I see what they were trying to do with those films, right? I think they did an admirable job, given what they had to work with. And I think that they were effectively, you know, good continuations of the story. And look at all the stuff that's come out of it since, right? Disney's ownership of Star Wars has not hurt the franchise as much as Star Wars fans would have you think, okay? The Mandalorian has been doing gangbusters. Everyone loves Mandalorian. Uh, Solo might have been a bit of a miss, but Rogue One is fucking awesome. Okay. Wasn't there another cartoon as well that, uh, that uh, Disney did? Uh, Star Wars Rebels, Star Wars Resistance. Yeah. yeah. And those are those are well received. Like they're mm-hmm. they're well received and they're well enjoyed. Any any expanded like Star Wars media outside of the like the main films that Disney has done. People seem to like it's it's they didn't like the direction of the films. And I think that a lot of that was that EU like, oh, it's not my Star Wars shit. I disagree. I personally think that the fact that they tried something different, they pared down the lore a bit and made it a little less fucking ridiculous, made perfect sense. There was just so much stuff, Aaron. Like, I understand you've got your your things for the lore, <laughs> but there's there's no way. There's no way in the hell you read every bit of expanded Star Wars lore. There was just entirely too much stuff. And to I have read a lot of it. But the thing is, is all that's, that in, it was just there was no doing it. It just wasn't well, that's happening. fine. So long as they, they do a better job than the extended universe did. And I don't think they did. <laughs> I think well, that I think the character arcs for the, the 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 new Sith Lord, the, the Han and Solo's, um, the the their their kid for Kylo Ren, Ben Solo, Adam. Yeah, Harry. I think I think the the film version of it is vastly inferior to the extended universe version. I really felt like the one that was in the extended universe was better. And then Mar Jade, and then that I th- they had a lot more there, and it. I'd be fine if the quality on the on the on the films, the new ones, was 
up to the same kind of snuff. And I don't really felt like it was. They're still good movies. I visually I liked them. I liked I liked it enough, but yeah, it doesn't compare to the the the, the story that you get from the extended universe. With that, right, is that with any extended universe content or any kind of large large form content, you're gonna have a lot more time to watch these characters grow and mature. So your reason for why the the expanded universe, like Jason Solo, was better than Ben Solo, is because over the you got to see the the transition from Jason Solo as a young Jedi apprentice into a Jedi Knight into Sith Lord over the course of several books. You know, there was a whole series of, of them learning to be Jedi Knights under Luke Skywalker's tutelage. So you got to see that character grow and mature a lot longer than over the course of the three films that we got. They, they, there's no way you're going to cram that whole story into three films. It's just not going to happen. Did, they did well enough with Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings character arcs. And those books... Lord of the Rings books were like four or five extended universe books. Those are dense. Those are dense. Hey, you don't speak ill of the Bible, okay? Oh, I'm not speaking ill of them at all. They're just they're they're thick. They're dummy oh, thick, bro. I'm quite they're aware. Dummy thick. Yeah. So I mean, you're talking three books there, probably at equivalent ten to well, about ten probably books of extended universe material. Not all of it even related to to Jason, and they were able to build a character better from that. So, and then I mean, like it's we felt a lot of character development in the films. I mean, they didn't they didn't lose that. Mm. So it's not like it's not impossible to develop a character over a short period of time from films related to a larger period of books. So, on, 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 in context to the same thing, it, all of us have gotten attached to our our Master Chief. That's only been four games. I've gone, I've delved into the books. I've got a few comics back here. I've read plenty of lore. Bruh, I know what this dude's capable of. I know where he's going. But uh, it's it's showing it. it, it you feel more attached if you've played the games and mm. just going through these books. So there is a there's a balance that can be reached. It's just I don't know if they're willing to put the effort in to try to balance how much was there. Here's to... here's another uh, another unpopular Star Wars opinion since this seems to be my caveat, right? My thing for my thing for this episode. I don't think Star Wars was well known for the quality of its writing. Star Wars became so prolific because of the world that they built, the universe that they created, which I think was very unique and very interesting. The writing of the Star Wars films, even of the original trilogy, and I know people are going to hate me for this, but that's kind of the point of the podcast, right? Even the writing of the original trilogy of films was lacking in spots. You know. This isn't, this isn't false. It was far from bad, right? But it was still lacking in areas. It could have been better. I can see that. They created a very good world, a very good mythology, a very good universe to live in. And people like that universe, and they've built on it. And that, that building has created even more interest in that universe. 
I mean, you'll find people who have read extended universe books books before or after the 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 prequels or the the, the original movies or the the new ones, and they've gotten interested in the universe, and so they're more interested in the films. And anything that uh, anything that's produced after after Disney purchased Star Wars is also canon. By the way, for anybody that did not know, um, just, they. But I ask, does that mean Knights of the Old Republic just doesn't exist for the mythology? Knights of the Old Republic is no longer considered canon. No, isn't it? I that mean, is, it's still prequel stuff. Well, no, but it's legends because Knights of the Old Republic was you know ten thousand years before the events of Episode One, I think. So yeah. So I don't think they really touched that stuff. It's it's too far back to say for sure whether or not it's canon. I don't think it's mentioned in any of the any of the new films or anything or any of the new lore. If yeah. it is, so, then you know, feel free to correct me if I'm wrong, Star Wars fans who are more obsessed with this than I am. Uh, yeah. In my mind, Disney can touch the extended universe after the the original movies because they made new movies that completely trashed that but they haven't made stuff to to mess with the old stuff so that stays i mean why not makes sense like he's like they just completely shit over everything i loved so there was this great story that i'd read from the clone wars sagas of um yoda getting captured by count dooku and count dooku trying to tempt him to the dark side and there was just this paragraph where Dooku sees him contemplate joining the dark side, and he like almost shits his pants because he just gets super duper scared. <laughs> I mean, if you think about it, you're asking one of the most powerful Jedi there are to join your side. The thought Doesn't... of Yoda as a Sith Lord terrifies me just on principle. I mean, would you think about it? Like, dude's just like, yeah, why don't you join us? Wait a minute. Doesn't that mean he's going to be bigger than me? I'm about to die. <laughs> like, goddamn, well, technically, you should be dead. <laughs> yeah, Yoda, like, contemplates it for a little bit, and he talks in a way that makes him think that Count Dooku think that, that he would, and then, like, kind of, like, changes his appearance, and, like, he, like, Dooku gets all freaked out, and then Yoda's like, no, I ain't going to do that. <laughs> Fucking with you, I am. <laughs> and that was that was a great scene. It would be funny. It's like he he changes the way he talks. He starts talking normal. He starts to look more devious. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it'd be funny. Because Yoda species just force sensitive. I mean, they don't have to be Jedi. There is naturally force sensitive, and Yoda was not the only one of his kind either. You know, I mean, as appeared by the Mandalorian. Yeah, we don't see too many of them. Um, you know, they're, they're... They were in that uh, one singular scene when they had all the Empire, uh, all the bullshit together. Yeah, I mean, yep, that's right. Let's not forget, they had E.T. there, too. Uh, his people were a thing. Uh... They were, dude. They were like... So I guess they absolutely they... are in the Senate scene. Yes, that's a thing. Are they Force-sensitive? E.T.? Oh, healing? Mean, healing? Telekinesis? I don't Probably know, man. Super dwarfy short aliens are force sensitive is like a compensation thing. <laughs> okay, we're gonna make you short, dumpy, and really ugly, but you're gonna be force sensitive, bro. That just <laughs> that hurts my brain. Just hearing you say that. 
But uh, no, I mean, damn it, I had a thought and it just ran away. I don't know where it went. It went somewhere. Yeah, ask ET. He'll bring it back. <laughs> um, I'm, try- I'm trying to remember what the hell it was I was going to say. Damn it, Michael. Damn it, Mr. Jackson. It's all your fault. <laughs> damn. I'm, I'm going to think. Don't worry about Yoda being drunk. Because ET got drunk. Yoda would be pretty fun drunk, too, probably. <laughs> Yoda. I'm going to be a trip. No, I remember what it was I was going to say now. Uh, one, of the, one of the plot lines from Star Wars I didn't care for was uh, the, whole, the whole line of succession between, between like, Sith Lords and whatnot, right? Because um, Palpatine, right, as, as Senator, is talking to Anakin. It's, it's a very quotable line from Episode 2. Or was it Episode 3? One of them. Uh, you ever hear the, the story, the tragedy of Darth Plagueis the Wise? I think that was three. Yeah. Have, have you heard the tragedy of Darth Plagueis the Wise? And it's framed that it's a Sith legend, right? Which would mean that it would have to have taken place, you know, at least a thousand years ago, if not longer. But apparently, canonically, Palpatine as Darth Sidious was Plagueis' apprentice. The apprentice that killed Plagueis was Darth Sidious. I don't like that. I would have preferred that it had been a legend that was further back. That was just something that Palpatine had heard. Hmm. I think, I think he was just framing it in such a way as to distance himself before saying, you know, Hey, I'm a Sith Lord. Well, I mean, he never outright says he's a Sith Lord until he's confronted by Windu and the Jedi council or a, a number of Jedi. They're not directly the Jedi council. Wendy was the council representative, and then there. Oh man! It was the whole Jedi Council. Should have been locked up. It would have been a wrap. It would have been a wrap. Um, but no, I mean, like, I don't. I didn't care for that. I would have preferred that it be. I would prefer that legends actually be legends instead of things that just happened, you know, like fifty years ago that people don't talk about. Well, yeah, I, I just, I don't think that he really meant it as a legend. Well, it's the, the same thing with, um, like, um, like uh, Han Solo, right? And his treatment of, uh, of Luke when he talks about the Jedi and lightsabers, right? Yeah. You know, hokey religions and ancient weapons are through a good blaster at your side. <laughs> Dude, the Clone Wars wasn't even that long ago. <laughs> and Jedi were fucking... Jedi, yeah. <laughs> Jedi were fucking generals in the war. Like, they were war heroes. It wasn't that long ago. Didn't they explain that by saying he's actually way older than her? That he wasn't stuck in like a time loop or something? When he made the Kessel Run in under a parsec, their justification for that was that he was bending time. It was under parsecs, and parsecs are a measure of distance, not time, so that doesn't matter. Yeah. And so what they used to justify that was that he used some kind of light speed something or whatever to shorten the distance. Which is why that he said under 10 parsecs. And that shortening of distance changed. Uh, he, he's, he's older, right? So he missed all of that. Something along those lines. I remember hearing the theory on those, around those 
that would, that would make sense then because by that token han would have not joined the imperial navy he would have been trying to join the clone navy which he wouldn't have needed to because he would have been a clone because <laughs> they were all clones at the start yeah well i mean that, that's the thing is imperial stormtroopers and clone troopers are not the same thing and that was the one, like, that was one of the big things in uh, The Force Awakens when you got that first preview, right? And they show Finn taking off the Stormtrooper helmet and shit. And everyone's like, you can't have a black Stormtrooper. Stormtroopers are all the same guy. No, clone troopers are all the same guy. Stormtroopers are people from different planets throughout the galaxy that were called at a young age and indoctrinated in the Imperial way. That was, that was the, the major difference between Stormtroopers and Clone Troopers. I mean, there's still a cadre of Stormtroopers that are, were Clone Troopers, though. I mean, so, they're probably all dead by that point, I would think. But they used... Bob, what, what, which, which one of the Fets did they use for the clone? Jango Fett, but what was Django, the clone? Yeah. Anyway, so they used Jango Fett, who is an assassin. But the clones shoot like dog shit? I mean, what? <laughs> I actually heard a theory on that, too. Um, the only reason why they were so inaccurate in the, um, in the Death Star was because they were hurting them. Oh, trying to get them, yeah, trying to get them to go certain places. Because they already had the tracking device in place. They wanted them to get away so they could yeah. find the rebel base. They didn't want to kill them. Okay, fair enough. I'll take that. Head okay. cannon accepted. I'll take that. That works. Yeah, because I'm, I'm. That's what's been blowing my mind for years. I'm like, how do they suck that well, I mean, bad if they're clones? No, and this guy's like, a... that's like that line in um in A New Hope, you know, where Obi Wan and Luke are at the the sand <laughs> Yeah. Like, Only oh, Imperial stormtroopers. Yeah. I'm like, fucking really? Like, <laughs> we're gonna go through three movies of not watching a stormtrooper hit a f- thing. <laughs> Yeah, so at least for the Death Star part, that was the justification there. And I I, I agree that works well. Right? I'll, I'll take that. I'll take that. But I mean, like, I, I guess the, the point that I was trying to make is that I, I like Star Wars for being Star Wars. Sequels, prequels, the original trilogy, it's all Star Wars, and I love it all. And I don't think that people should shit on the new stuff. Yeah, if you love a thing, you're critical of it. But you can be critical of it without destroying like the people that enjoy it. And th- the reason I say that it's an unpopular opinion, it's the kind of opinion that would get me crucified, is that I fully expect to get hate from people for not hating the prequel movies, not hating the sequel movies. There are things about the prequels I hate. In particular, I despise Jar Jar Binks. I didn't care for the Gungans in general, but in particular, Jar Jar Binks can suck a fat dick. I actually kind of liked Boss Nass. He was kind of cool. Big pissed off Gungan. I enjoyed that. That was all right. Especially with the whole, like, shaking jowl thing. That was was fun. (laughs) That was enjoyable to watch, okay? But there were a lot more good things than bad things in the prequel films. The pod race was a fun scene. I don't care who you are. That was enjoyable, okay? The lightsaber duels were overall better. There's no, there, there's no arguing that. Practical, well, compared to the original, I mean, practical, yeah, there's <laughs> practical and special effects have come a long way since the '70s, man. Like things were better. Um, that's just there's no way that they were gonna do worse in terms of lightsaber duels. But we also were weren't dealing with uh, Alec Guinness 
You know, we weren't trying to make a geriatric do jump flips and shit. Uh, well, they had Yoda do it, but that was all special effects. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was that wasn't even a real Yoda. Like, <laughs> that's true. And also, that was a much younger Yoda. I don't think you're gonna catch 900 year old Yoda doing flips and shit. <laughs> well, he wasn't like, like he got that much older. 850 year Yoda, like, yeah, okay, he was still spry. He was a young man. Oh. 900 year old Yoda, like, nah. <laughs> 50 years when you're talking about 900 years in total? No, no. Either way, he's still too old at that point. <laughs> No, but I mean, like over there was there was more good than bad with those films. Like, were they perfect? No, hell no. But were they like the horrible abominations that people made them out to be at the time? No, I don't think so. I think they were serviceable movies, and they were fun to watch. I went and saw Episode Three in theaters twice. I don't do that for Star Wars films. Um, you know the sequel movies are they perfect? God's no. But do they do more good than they do bad? I think that's debatable. I think in the case of the sequel films, it's a lot closer than with the prequel films. Like, the prequel films, I, I say it's like 80 good, 20 bad. You know? Although I think that's probably a debatable as well. I'd say I it's a lot... But I still think it's higher than bad. Right? It's more good than bad. So you'd say, like, what? Like 60-40? Yeah, somewhere there. 60-40, 70-30, somewhere in there. Yeah, I think with the sequel trilogy, it's a lot closer it's like maybe fifty-one forty-nine, you know, like some like a much closer percentage of good to bad, because there are so many things about those movies that people didn't like. We even in this podcast, even in this discussion, we've had a lot of stuff where we've said this could have been done better, this should have been done differently, this didn't pay off, you know. And we can we can tear these films a new one all we want. Yeah, and last that, Jedi really really. Brought the average down on the sequels. I think it's because we had three films with three different writers, and they all wanted we all wanted to take the scripts in different directions. I think the know. first two are very similar to the prequels and good to bad, mm. but I think the last one really was right on the line there. Maybe even probably, more bad than good. I think the big um, problem with Rise of Skywalker is that they were trying to correct all the problems that fans had with the Last Jedi. You know. Oh, I said it. I said it in our cancel culture one. Don't apologize. Just move the fuck on. Yeah, yeah. Do the do the thing and move on. Yeah. You're never gonna make everybody happy. Just do what you do. Move the fuck on. Like I don't know. Like I I overall think that the the sequel films were good. I don't think they were perfect, but I think they were good. The spinoff films are hit or miss. Solo was more of a miss, but Rogue One knocked it out of the fucking park. I love that movie. It's fantastic. Um, and it doesn't even have Jedi in it. it just Solo? Has... I ne- so, cards on the table. I've never watched Solo. <laughs> like, so- Solo is Member Berry's The Star Wars Edition. Because Solo's full of all these little references to other Star Wars shit. And it's like they're, it's like they're winking at you at the screen and going, Member? Member this Star Wars thing? Member? <laughs> like... Sit down and watch Solo, and then come back and tell me that it's not Memberberry's Star Wars edition. Like, I guarantee you that will be the, especially now that I put it there, it's going to be the thought in your head when you watch that movie. I'll, I'll have to watch. Does Solo have Jedi in it? Um, I, I mean, yeah, but no. A, a, a three-second glimpse of Darth Maul at the end of the movie is not really, you know, Jedi Sith. Okay. 
it's a little bit of Darth Maul at the end of the movie. Wait, Darth Maul? Yeah, Darth Maul, who's still not dead. Oh, so he's not dead? Yeah, Darth Maul doesn't get killed until years later. He, he actually dies on Tatooine. Hmm. Darth, Maul, Darth Maul dies at Obi-Wan Kenobi's hand on Tatooine because he came looking for Luke Skywalker, if I'm not mistaken. I could have some of the details wrong. That's extended universe, isn't it? No, that's that's canon. From what? Uh, it's an episode of Rebels, I think. Oh, I haven't seen the the new Disney ones that they made. Yeah, yeah, that's it's it's canon. It's canon material. It's new. How did canon. he survive? How did he survive? How did he, I don't know, dude. Robot spider legs. That's Clone Wars stuff. I don't even want to. Like that was complicated. I was like, they gave Darth Maul spider legs. Like that's fucked up. Uh, but that that's Clone Wars stuff. I've I've missed a lot of Clone Wars, so I couldn't tell you a whole lot about that. Other than I thought it was weird when they said it. Um, but Darth Maul does eventually go down at the hand of Obi Wan Kenobi. Hmm. Uh, but he, he is he is present at the end of Solo. Um, he's so, apparently running a crime syndicate. So he's not really Sith anymore. Oh no, he's still like one. It's like riding a bike, you know. You don't forget how to use the Force and shit. Well, I'm just like, In, unless you unless you willfully cut yourself off from the Force, which is apparently a thing that you can do, but you have to do it willingly. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was just like, because you know, in the original movies, Han Solo is talking about. Pokey religion and yeah. ancient weapons. And if in the solo movie he's introduced to those things, then it makes it really hard yeah. to experience yeah. those things. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? I mean, even even if you try to, you know, make that whole convoluted theory about the whole time travel thing, that doesn't really work there. Well he does he does remark in uh The Force Awakens about how, yeah, he did think it was all bullshit and then he met Luke. You know, so his experience, his personal experience with the war between the Jedi and Sith was probably extremely limited because at the time, I mean, you to think there's not that many Jedi, not that many Sith. Um, they can't be everywhere, so a lot of planets probably never ever experienced them. If you're on Coruscant, obviously, you're gonna have a little more experience. Well, even then, right? They're in one place on the whole planet. Well, you figure Han, during the Clone Wars, was either not alive yet or an infant, right? So by the time Han, like, came online, so to speak, like, Order 66 had already been carried out, the Jedi Purge was already a thing, the Emperor was already in power. So all he really had to go on were these stories that, you know, a long time ago, there were these Jedi Knights that were protectors of the Republic. So he doesn't know how long ago that really was. Yeah, I mean, well, probably Vader not. couldn't even get his uh, Vader couldn't even get his Imperial officers to believe in his stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and Vader was also referred to as a Jedi Knight in A New Hope because the term Sith Lord wasn't a thing yet. Yeah, so, I mean, like that's another uh, to go back on the writing thing about how the writing of those films could be a little bit better. Like, but also when when Lucas wrote Star Wars, he didn't think it was going to be like a huge, like nine film franchise that was going to be, you know, 50 years later and still making movies. Struck gold with that one. 
Mm. What everyone's like, I can't believe Lucas sold Star Wars. I'm like, five point eight billion dollars. Billion with a B. And that's after he's already made a bunch of money off of it. He sold Star Wars for more money than any of us will ever see in our entire lives. I can believe it. I bet you you probably he that's I mean, obviously they sold it for that much for a reason. He probably already had projected documents showing that he'd already made more than that. That's why they were willing to buy it for that. Well, he already had he already had three uh, other scripts too, and lined up for three more Star Wars movies because Lucas was going to do his own sequel trilogy. So that was the thing that was supposed to happen, and yeah. he he gave those scripts to Disney as part of the deal, and they shot them down and decided to do their own thing. Yeah. I don't know if that's good or bad. I think when, they could at least use them as a jumping off point. When Mike looked at the um, the this is not my Star Wars thing on Google. The very first line in that was George Lucas. This is not my thing, and it's apparently George Lucas has said that this is not my Star Wars. Yeah, I, I remember reading in an interview that he did around the time that Disney bought Star Wars and they were doing the sequel films. I remember reading somewhere in an interview that he said that for the first time ever, he can watch a Star Wars film as a fan, not already knowing what's going to happen. And then he which was going to be a great experience. Well, he was excited about that. He said, "For yeah. once, I don't already know what's going to happen." So that's, I'm interested. Do I think he'd be overall, like, do I think he's overall pleased with what's been done? Like, I don't know. But I also think at $5.8 billion, I'm pretty sure he just cashed the check and lived his life. Like, make a new property. Although, that's real hit or miss. You just don't know what people are going to like. Yeah. Well, they own Lucasfilm, right? So they own, they don't just own Star Wars, right? Everyone's mm-hmm. like, Lucas sold Star Wars. No, Lucas sold LucasArts. He sold Lucasfilm. So they own, they own Star Wars. They own Indiana Jones. They own Willow. They own any, any film that ever had that Lucasfilm's logo put in front of it is now owned by Disney. What about a Willow 2? How would they even do that? Willow 2, the story of Mad Mardigan losing weight. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Val Kilmer. You're never going to hear this anyway, but I love you, man. I'd follow that weight loss program. Yeah, yeah, me too. (laughs) You know, sword fighting is supposed to be really good exercise. Oh, for sure. If I could could find uh, HEMA classes around me, I would take a HEMA. HEMA for the uninitiated is uh, historical martial arts. So it's like uh, you know, sword fighting using historical manuals and whatnot. Yeah, I'd have I'd have to look it up, but I don't even think I don't even think there's one down here. No, you might be able to find kendo classes down there though. No, oh, yeah, like five to ten minutes of like actual melee combat. That's extremely exhausting. Yeah, yeah, I'd imagine so. So just as a quick. Um, as a quick kind of tap to this whole Star Wars discussion, um, I have a, a little bit of information to um, one of the things I thought was neat about Star Wars and, and lightsabers and whatnot, because the lightsaber is the coolest weapon ever, is that the, uh, the crystal of a lightsaber is sort of attuned to the user of the weapon. So the color of your saber is kind of, kind of related to how you would use the Force. Uh, 
if I'm remembering correctly, uh, green sabers are force scholars. They're people whose combat ability is not always necessarily the highest, but they're they're more trained in use of the force. You know, they're more interested in like the history and lore. That's why Yoda's lightsaber was green. He was he was a competent swordsman, but he was much more knowledgeable in in use of the force itself. Blue lightsaber wielders were, I believe the term is uh, Jedi guardians. They were you know trained evenly in all aspects of the force, with maybe a minor uh, a minor tilt towards lightsaber combat. There were Jedi sentinels which had yellow lightsabers, those weren't even really, like, you know, those were ceremonial and were passed around, because there were only, like, I think eight Jedi Sentinels at a time. So, when you were appointed a Jedi Sentinel, they gave you a Sentinel lightsaber. You received one of the, the Sentinel lightsabers to be a Jedi Sentinel. And then, of course, there's the, the red, like, bled Sith Lord lightsaber crystal, which, again, is a whole interesting thing. If you don't know about it, look it up. It's cool. So, so where does um white and black and purple come into what, play there? Well, white lightsabers are the results of a previously bled crystal that's been healed. And the only person that I know of canonically to use a white lightsaber is Ahsoka Tano after she healed the saber of a Sith Lord. It's apparently a very long and involved process. And the black lightsaber, exclusively canonically, is the dark saber, which is a canonical weapon and does exist in Star Wars lore. It's the only lightsaber that has like a, a identifiable edge and like blade alignment and shit, which is interesting in and of itself. I bring, so it I bring is the only up. one that exists. Period. But I mean, like those, like because the, the canonical you were saying those that the that the color is dependent upon the. The force users' alignment, yes, basically. But the, the dark saber is a Sith relic, so it's been around for millennia. Well, we that know, seems to more indicate that it's not about the the user itself; it's about the crystal. <laughs> yeah, but who who knows who the original wielder of the dark saber was? I mean, it's probably so, Wikipedia, but I don't know. If you picked up, so if you picked up someone else's lightsaber, would that lightsaber slowly turn to your color? No, because the lightsaber is already attuned to its previous wielder. To that's its why, original wielder. That's the reason they make more than one saber. Mm. But that's also why, like, that's why Luke's saber was green instead of blue. I mean, in truth, it's because they could do green sabers with Return of the Jedi, and they couldn't when they did the other two movies, but... Like, that's why Luke's saber was green and not blue, because the blue saber was his father's, who was a Jedi guardian. And Luke so, is more of a Jedi scholar. You've answered all but one, and I want to know, because, um, purple. Oh, the, the purple, that's literally just because Samuel L. Jackson wanted a purple lightsaber. I really, I, I do not know what the canon answer is to why... Uh, well, I know what the EU answer was. Because they they created a planet which was the only place where you could get these purple lightsaber crystals. Yeah. And Mace Windu went there to get one exclusively because he wanted a purple lightsaber. 
Yeah, EU gave you crystal color crystals that gave the color of the lightsaber. So uh-huh. that was easy. Purple purple planet or pur- planet with purple crystals. But if I had to give you an answer without looking it up, without looking it up, just giving you an answer, I would say that Mace Windu's lightsaber is purple, which I think it's actually violet, but I'm not going to split hairs there. Um, Mace Windu has a purple lightsaber because Mace Windu, as a Force user, dances very close to the the edge of being a dark side like Sith Lord. He is okay. he wa- he walks the line between Jedi and Sith very closely. Because of his combat style, but well, it came up right. Style part of it, yeah, and a few other things, and you can see it in the way that he treats uh, he treats Palpatine, which is part of why Anakin turns to the dark side when he says, "Well, he's too dangerous to be kept alive," which was something that just happened to be mirrored by Palpatine earlier in Episode Three. So, I mean, he does have a sort of Sith mindset of certain enemies need to be destroyed. There is no, no subduing them. They can't be arrested. He's far too dangerous to be kept alive. He has to be ended. Because I know in, in the EU, Mace Windu had an apprentice who went to the dark side. Mm. And it was specifically about the combat style. But people who favored that combat style were skirting the dark side and, and yeah. using that combat style. Because, because of the way Vapod as a fighting style works, you have to kind of embrace the dark side in order to use it effectively. All right. That was a nice little uh, few seconds of dead air. Uh, are we calling it here? or? Well, I, I, I brought up the whole lightsaber crystal thing because I wanted to ask you guys, if you had a lightsaber, what color do you think it would be? Wow. There, there was a method to my madness. Like I know it, to, it was a roundabout way of getting there. But, <laughs> well, what about yours, John? Are you gonna go favorite color, or are you just gonna you got your well, reason? Well, I think it. I think it would be blue, and I think it would be blue because I'm not. I the thing that interests me most about being a Jedi is the lightsaber. So I think if I, if I were a Jedi, I would probably spend a lot of time practicing my saber combat and my saber forms, and that leads to that pushes toward blue. I guess I'd be green. Yep. Sorry, I agree with him. It'd be green. Uh, I'd like the ability to manipulate. I'd like to see what I could do with it. Well, I mean, yeah, it's, I'm not saying that you couldn't have that stuff as any kind of a force user. I'm just saying that you're more you're more kind of tuned toward that. And Aaron, respectfully, I, I disagree with you. Yours mm-hmm. would be red because you yeah. would be a fucking Sith Lord. You absolutely <laughs> would be. <laughs> There's no. No, you'd be a Sith Lord. You're fucking evil as shit. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody thinks of themselves as evil. I guess that's yeah, that's an that's no, an that's important true. thing. I mean the Sith if you think if you think about it, they don't see themselves as evil. Evil. They see themselves as the good guy, and you're the evil one. I don't know, man. I think I think that uh, the Sith philosophy is very much about like blood and passion and sacrifice, and you know, killing your enemy. And and it's kind of hard to see that as anything but evil. You know, <laughs> not necessarily. Passion isn't necessarily evil. Sacrifice isn't necessarily evil. Depends on who you're sacrificing. Self-sacrifice is good, sure. 
Sacrificing others, not so much. <laughs> well, I mean, what about like those scenarios? Pull a train lever, kill one person rather than five people. Yeah, but it's killing one person to save five people. Versus That's still sacrifice. Versus killing one person because you just particularly don't like that one person and you really don't care if the other five people live or die. (laughs) (laughs) If you're talking between Jedi philosophy and Sith philosophy, if a Jedi is presented with a trolley problem, kill one person versus killing five people, they may kill the one to save the five. The Sith presented with the trolley problem, kill one person to save five people, is going to ask who is in the group of five and how much do I not like the one? The Sith are more about passion, strength, and feeling... Weakness is something that cannot be abided. So any kind of sign of weakness is something that should be destroyed. And so that's why the whole do the assassinations... It's the same thing with Destiny, right? You got the light and the dark. Mm. The light is all about the you know, trying to come together as a whole and protect everybody, whereas the dark is much more cold. But that doesn't necessarily mean that's a bad thing. The dark is all about survival of the fittest, and that's that's valid. That's a valid point. Yeah, it means it's a bad thing. The darkness is the bad guys. We shouldn't have gotten the mistakes. <laughs> Great. I don't care. I, haven't, I haven't played Destiny in well over a year anyway, so what the fuck ever. I don't care. Great. Uh, no, I'm just now we're, now we're, now we're putting the, the vulture mites out there. Survival of the fittest. <laughs> That's a whole another can of worms. We haven't we haven't gotten to the invincible episode yet because Aaron still hasn't watched it. I'll watch that this week. Yeah, that right, we'll, we'll probably do that okay. now. That'll probably release after this one. We're uh, we're gonna hit that one up. That's gonna be next week's topic, boys and girls. We're doing uh, well in general. It's independent comics. And other forms of media and how well they've uh, they've kind of come and gone. We're going to talk specifically about The Boys, Invincible, and The Walking Dead in particular, with a few other mentions here or there, whatever floats their boat. But that's we're looking yeah, at that Academy. In, I mean, that one's pretty popular. Yes, and one I'm Academy. We're we're looking at that in terms of next week's topic. So, you know, come back, check us out, like, comment, subscribe, all that jazz. We love you. Follow us on. Do we have a Twitter? We do. We do. Follow us on Twitter, YouTube, Twitch. And we are still not able to get their goddamn Facebook up because it's not letting me. OnlyFans. Subscribe to our OnlyFans. There we go. (laughs) Thank you. Oh, that'd be so nasty. (laughs) No, no, no. Thanks, Jeff. We just got canceled. Thanks, Jeff. (laughs) I told you I say dumb shit. Like, that's just what I do. That's how we get canceled right there. Old fans. Yep. In all seriousness, we love you. Check us out wherever you may find us. We'll be here, there, and everywhere sooner or later. Yep. I mean, it's appreciated that you're there. If you are our Germany listener. Especially to our international listeners in Germany. The whole one of you. Tell some friends. (laughs) Tell tell your friends. Tell them in German. Even though the podcast is in English, tell them in German. (laughs) We love you guys. Until next week, let's clear this table.